Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to a bonus episode of Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? Before I made this corruption podcast, I sat down for over two and a half hours with Angie Solomon on the Lauren Interviews podcast to get her full story. Initially, I didn't want people to hear that first. I wanted them to hear the facts surrounding Grant's death, surrounding his case, and all of the missteps and the holes before they had a chance to listen to the backstory and the allegations against Aaron Solomon. I want to point out that Angie Solomon, after the fact, I had asked her all these questions and I I said, oh, do you have documentation to back this up or to back that claim up? And she did. And she sent them to me. Angie is not 
dumb. Angie is incredibly smart, and so everything she says, she has proof. I also want to say that I did reach out to Aaron Solomon, and I did not get a response from him. I asked him uh, if he wanted to to discuss any of the claims that Angie has made, if he had a rebuttal. And, you know, I figured he has a big legal team who probably tells him, don't talk to anyone, don't respond. So I just, I wasn't surprised. But I think that you should listen to Angie's story with an open heart and you are, you're going to be absolutely devastated. It's it's really going to break you. It it upset me for for days and I think about it and I, I still get upset. So I implore you to get a cup of coffee, glass of wine, go on a, a little road trip and and listen. It's it's going to be very, very sad, but it's going to explain a lot of things. All right, everyone. Well, if you have paid attention to my Instagram or my TikTok yesterday or, or today, you will see that I came across a very, very troubling case that I mentioned was very complex. Let's say there's a lot more to this case than than meets the eye. So I have Angie Solomon with me. Angie, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I I want to clarify. Do you go by Angie Solomon, or you? I, I've seen your name printed a few different ways. Uh, I yeah, officially yes, mm-hmm. I go by Angie Huffine Solomon, which is my maiden name. Okay. I will say that Gracie and I are getting ready to to adjust that. Yep. Both of us. So, but right now, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So, anyone is looking for me on it on social media or they have messages, yep. you know, it is Angie Solomon or Angie Solomon family page. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And and I'll you know write those out so people can have access to them and get them easily. That'd be awesome. We have a good. Um, we have all that. So I know yes. you can edit this. So we we need to get that out there with this. Yeah. You got it. Absolutely. So I you know at the beginning of this podcast I broke down the story so people are familiar with what happened. And, you know, there's a few things that I want to clarify that I was um, a bit unclear of, and you can just sort of clear this up for me. But yep. right now, I I just want to plug the fact that you guys have a GoFundMe right now. Um, and this is reminding me very much of, I just covered the Stephen Smith case. And, you know, I saw his family was able to raise over a hundred grand to not only exhume his body, and do an independent autopsy, but also offer reward money for people that, you know, know something about this. So if we can get this GoFundMe, you know, to a place I saw it only has 12K right now, guys, we got to do better than this because I have to do better because we have to do better Mm -hmm. with the attorneys that, and and listen, when I say attorney, I I mean, someone that's not in a good old boy network. He actually fights them. Sure. Less. But the money that we have in there right now will be eaten up just like that. Right. And so I, you know, I know just from looking into this, it costs maybe $5,000 to exhume a body, maybe another 7000 to do an independent autopsy. So right there, that's the, 12 And that's depending on what level of, of uh, person that you get to do that independent autopsy. And I, we want one of the best. We don't right. want... We want we want one of the best, so it's probably going to be more even more than that. I totally agree, and and just I just want to clarify: as Grant's mother, legally, you are allowed to do this. Once you have the money, you are a hundred percent allowed to move forward in doing this. Do you need Aaron's permission for any of this? Uh, there, there would depending on what happens on the on Gracie's side in the cases that particularly pinned against him on her side. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the answer would be no if they affect it. If if it's as is right now, then -hmm. there would be some legal conversations about uh, because it's parents because uh, of actually exhuming. Um, right. Wife. Which is why you mentioned you need a very freaking badass lawyer here to right. fight for you guys, do whatever it takes to get Grant's body exhumed. Um, so that that's really interesting. So that it's not going to be as easy, quite as easy and as Stephen Smith. Knows, so. Every step of the way will be a battle mm-hmm. uh, unless he is uh, there's the, unless there's a uh, more expedient developments in the cases that are pending right now um, for him versus against Gracie. So if that happens, then everything is washed, wiped away and I become sole. And that way we walk right in. However, I'm going to just put a tag in there. We have, we, we, we are blessed with an, a fabulously, uh, a fabulous attorney who's brilliant. Mm. Um, I don't, I expect him to be able to get anything done, but I will say that we do, I would welcome, and we do need an attorney from out of state. Okay, uh, understood. Now, just to clarify some things. Um, oh my gosh, I need to turn my email notifications off. I literally say this every time, and then I forget. Um, but no, just to just to clarify some things about Gracie and about custody and all of this stuff. I just want to quickly go back. Um, this is one thing I was unclear about. You during your divorce or during the divorce proceedings, you went to this judge and you said he is abusive sexually, physically, mentally, etc. And somehow I missed something along the way with why the kids went to go live with their dad after you put this all out there for the court. Right. So it was Aaron who filed. Oh, okay. He filed. Um, he came into a multi-million dollar trust. Uh, the day he took the children out of their beds, which was uh, May the uh, 10th of 2013. And his multi-million dollar trust from a great aunt, it started dispensing, which means, or dispersing, I think is the technical term, okay. which means that money started flowing into a private bank account. Um, so just in 2013, it, in 2013, and, why so did it just, because his aunt died or she just. She did. She passed. Okay. And then. Um, waited for uh, the process, the reading of the will. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the irony was that um, the living relatives that were also in the will had told the trustee that Aaron was no longer alive. So the only way, that, so they were going to skip him in the will totally. But because I had kept in touch with the great aunt, just in pictures of the children, mm-hmm. things like that, they found, and I left my phone number for her to contact in the event that she needed someone. She was yeah. alone in Illinois. Um, they called that number hoping it was on her wall mm. which, and they called that number hoping that they could find him. And, and it was got me. You. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I gave them his number and that's how, so then it, then it okay. becomes a process of just waiting for the funds to be, uh, I guess, liquidated or moved around in order to disperse into bank accounts. And that started, uh, he set that bank account up two months before he planned, he had planned all this before he took the children from the home and it just started dispersing the day of. So, so were you planning on filing for divorce at that point and he beat you to it? Well, yes, we were, the, the household was so abusive that the children and I slept together. Um, Grant had a guard uh, that he had prepared on the door with boxes stacked. And at the very top, he had a plastic bin 
he, that wasn't his place, but this was how he lived. Yeah. And he, at the top would be a, um, he would take the lid off the top and prop it a certain way. So, it, so if the door opened, that lid would slide down the wall and wake him oh, and he could gosh. get up. Yes. So that was our situation, but I was trying to get us out. I was a, I was absolutely a dis- domestic violence victim. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I was. Okay. And wow. um, I was very accustomed to the lifestyle of um, fighting Aaron off uh, on many occasions. That year, I'd already fought mm-hmm. him off six times. And each time I thought, six six times that I thought he, that he was trying to kill me, I fought oh, him gosh. off. On that particular weekend, uh, Keep it simple. He basically chased me into the bathroom and put a hairdryer cord around my neck and he was going to kill me. And I, that was probably the closest in my mind that I came to not being able to fight him off because mm-hmm. um, my feet were wet and the shower, were, my, my feet were bare. The shower was wet mm-hmm. and I have this around my neck and I'm thinking I, if I, I knew based on past experiences that he snaps in and out of personality. So if I screamed his oh. name loud enough, maybe I could snap him out of it. Um, Interesting. It, wasn't, Interesting. it wasn't working, but all I thought in my head was if I slip on this wet um, shower, mm-hmm. I, it's not going to make a difference if I snap him out or not. I'm a goner. You're, yes. so, and then I looked up and saw Grant standing behind him. And what did Grant, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. And he was nine. And, um, I don't know what happened. I think I must have took it up a decibel or two and I snapped him out of it. And he just, oh my God, Angie t- takes off past between me and Grant takes off running and he goes so out. He would decibel. act sorry almost when he would snap out of it. Freaked out that it was me. Like he, every- was, free- he was freaked out. He did this to you. He would snap out of it after almost killing you and being like, oh my gosh, how could I every do that? Time. Oh, goodness. every time it was like, Angie, and then he would leave the house. And that particular day, of course, he was a news anchor for Channel 4 News here, very well known. And we lived in Green Hills, which is affluent. We didn't belong there, but we (laughs) lived there because he wanted to. Yes, but but we lived there because he wanted to. And so there's a main thoroughfare called Abbott Martin Road. Mm. He just went outside and started running up and down Abbott Martin Road in his suit for work. And, and what that, year was this, Angie? You said Grant was nine. So what year would that be? 13. Mm-hmm. 2013. Sorry. Okay. And that made the radio because people saw Aaron Solomon running <gasps> up and down. And it, it, but for me, you know, did I report it? No, because this was not the first time. This was the one of many. And when Gracie had come to me um, in, uh, February of that same year to tell me that, um, what her dad was doing to her in the baths. Uh, I went and confronted him. Okay. And he told me, yes, that he does this to her. What the, but if I told anyone what happened in the, in our household, any about anything, me, Grant or Gracie, that he would, that I would never see my kids again. So I was, I was talking to a doctor here in town, God rest his soul. He passed this year. He's a wonderful man. Okay. And I was working with him because I finally confided in a friend with a black eye. I was finally said, yes, this had a black eye at, at a, at a function. Instead of lying about it, I told her she sent me to like, he was underground railroad. Mm -hmm. So she sent me to him and, and all of this is wrapping up to tell you that, 
uh, he found that I was talking to that doctor. Uh, okay. because my notes were on the phone, my phone. I left my phone at the house one day going to pick up the children. And he, he found them when I got home, my phone was in the toilet floating. <gasps> he said, you know what this means? And so I had about three to four weeks at that time, unbeknownst to me to get us out at that time. He was talking constantly with attorneys. My, I had the phone, got the phone records after the fact. So my, my mom, my dad, my sister, everyone was in on it. And, um, and then it all boiled down to that night at our house in uh, Green Hills. Um, two days later, I went on about my day. I chaperoned yep. a field trip. Okay. I um, took Grant to school, picked him up from ball practice. Um, Aaron was gone. That was his t- typical. Yeah. He would do something like this heinous, mm-hmm. freak himself out, snap back out yep. and run out the door and be gone for days. Um, the children and I would get reprieved then. And I was planning to, on that Friday, I was, uh, I had, my doctor and I had the plan in place that I was going to go file for order protection. He had set me up with a, um, although divorce had never been mentioned in our household. Okay. He, so I think that's an important key, but he, he set me up with a attorney who was going to file for divorce mm-hmm. and I had had the car packed and I was ready to, once I went back to get the children, I was ready to leave town. All I had to do was put the dogs in. Right, right. And, um, Grant had a baseball tournament near my hometown. And even though I knew I didn't have the support of my family, I had the support of everyone in Jackson County and Gainesboro, Cookville. I, I knew I we could we would be okay. I'm a farmer. Sorry, Angie. I just want to I'm sorry to interrupt you. You had said your parents were in on it, but you didn't mean with you. You meant with Aaron? Yes. Oh, your parents were in on with him? They believed him over you? They do today. Oh God! My 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 biological father, whatever you want to call him, it's irrelevant to me. The term mm-hmm. um, has so much is with the defamation cases that Aaron was flying within the first three or four months of Freedom for Gracie launching. Um, he wrote a decla- an eight page declaration for him, and right. in it he also says that Gracie is lying. Okay. Um- so- I don't so know he, why he would do. I'm just very confused that why your own your your blood would do this to you and to your his own grandchild. Why even, why does he think Aaron is so? I mean, we can get back to that, but um, just so you can finish this, so I can understand. Sorry, kind of, all over the place. <laughs> we'll get back to that, but yes, it, in my mind, um, I had a lot of time alone after all after he took the children. So, so I'm sorry. So he decided you had the car packed up. You were ready to go. I had the car packed up. No one's home. He hasn't shown up in days. I will say that right after, right after this incident, he, he did come right back in the house that morning. Okay. And I can still hear Grant standing in the kitchen yelling. It's okay. <laughs> sorry. When I'm six, four, you won't hurt my mom anymore. Sorry. And he was 6'4 when they found him under the truck. Sorry, Angie. Wow, it's just it's okay. Gracie and I both heard him and and then he grew up to 6'4. Um, but take your time, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but he yeah. uh quickly left again and I went about my daily thing because that was our life. Yeah, this wasn't a one-off. Mm-hmm. And yes, so that Friday I had us packed to leave. Okay, 
I came home and I actually took a phone call as an expert trial witness in pharmacy for different, um, in that case, it was a Medicare fraud case. Okay. And the call went three hours. Oh, that shouldn't wow. matter because everything was packed. But what mattered was I heard my front door open. And when I finished the call, I walked out and my parents were sitting on my couch and Aaron. And they told me they were there to commit me. Because they saw what you had written to the doctor and that you were. I was going to talk. And you were going to talk. Oh my gosh, this is, sorry to say the term gaslighting. People say I overuse this term a lot. You were like the first person to be gaslit here. Like well, before this term got you, popular. Like, thing. I'm a person that's, I, I learn best by study. Um, Just like with pharmacy school. I, I mean, I hate the books, but I, I trust what I learn. There was nothing to Google or read about. These terms are new. Okay. These terms came up during these 10 years. It actually will be a 10 year anniversary of him taking the children this May the 10th. Right. And we, and we fought and been clawing since then, but you couldn't look up gaslighting scapegoat. I know. I know you couldn't, you're right. You really you're couldn't right. even look up narcissism, sociopath. They weren't, we weren't talking about psychopaths. These were just people that we hear about, you know, from other arenas that live other places. You don't. So I had no, I, I didn't know what I was dealing with. I just knew it was something that was very off. So, so Angie, called, did they commit you? Well, no, he, he no, he called paramedics. Good. Okay. Um, but I didn't know why they were committing me. Yeah. I was yeah. fighting back. It, yeah. Well, but I said, I thought I can't, I tried to get past them. I couldn't get past them. They wouldn't let me have license, ID, phone, purse, anything. And, and oh, so man. I said, uh, the only way I can get out of here is to let them go ahead and call and get police here. And right. I'll tell them. So the and first, you, I hope you were super calm. Like, okay, sure. Commit me. Like, are, are you kidding me? I'm sitting here as sane as anyone else, but yeah. yeah I was just like, are you yeah, kidding me? Exactly. Exactly. Like, okay. What, like what else are you going to do? This right. is insanity. I just hung up the phone on a Medicare call. Yeah, I, mean, I know. And so you have a doctorate, right? And you were, yes, you were literally, you have an amazing job. You, I mean, yeah, that's so yes, stupid. Okay. I mean, yeah, I would just. But here's the thing: I'm a mental health advocate, and sometimes yeah. that's necessary to help stabilize patients. But, um, yeah, it's not most of the time when you have an involuntary committal like that. It's for it's because of anger. It's because mm-hmm. of jadedness and anger. Anyway, so the paramedics arrived and they separated. They put them on the my parents and Aaron on the front porch. They brought me in, and I said, "I'm not." Yeah, but they already yeah. knew. They, they said, so they were like, well, what are we doing here? We're wasting our time. Well, here. they said, they're going to kill you. <sighs> oh gosh. And so I said, what am I going to do? Because I've got to go pick up the kids. Yeah. Right. I had about two and a half hours and the kids were going to panic. Yeah. At that point, the children had been asking me to sit at school uh, during the day, all day, because they're afraid Aaron would hurt me. But I told them I had a plan to get out. And I basically missed that plan by about an hour and a half to leave the house. But we, but what we did was we went to Centennial, not Parthenon Pavilion, which is the mental institution. They took me to the Centennial ER. They said, when you go in, you blacklist your name, which okay. we hear a lot of uh, celebrities that do that so that no one can get any information on them. Sure. Yeah. So I blacklisted yeah. my name, which prevented me from my, even Aaron or my parents from getting my information on me. Good. But I can hear them yelling outside the exam room. And the nurse says, 
do you mind talking to police? And I was like, what? Yeah. I didn't tell you anything. Right. Because right. I'm not supposed to talk and I wouldn't have. So mm-hmm. I knew the rules. And she said, because he's out here saying you tried to commit suicide and we, we all can tell that you didn't. Yeah, right. Said, he said he's plus he's done really poor research and he's described a drowning victim that got up and that died and got up and lived and walked. And he, she said, you would have to have, and of course, I know that's a farm. You'd have to have uh, petechiae in the eyes, the fingernail beds. You would have to have uh, okay. blood rings around your neck, just all kinds of yeah. things. But I only had yeah. three nails broken off on each hand from the fight. Okay. And I, I said, otherwise my, but I was just in shock. I said, suicide, what the? Yeah. He's saying, what? Right. And there it all began. And that, that's how it all began. And then um, they were, they were, they were very angry. They kept me overnight. The officers slept at the hospital to protect out in the, which is exceptional. Wow. They kept me overnight because they didn't know what to do for mm. me. Because uh, they brought me with nothing that they thought I would end up dead because these people were so angry. They actually referenced Jody Arias at oh. that time said that your, your parents are that's who they remind me of us of they were doctors everyone yeah so all of a sudden my world and that's where uh all I was worried about was the kids and of course I missed the time to get them and um I didn't see them again for I get to see them once in six months and they thought they had been told I had died what wait wait so how did you not see them for six months when you were so the hospital ended up keeping you for six months or no, the hospital kept me overnight. And then we re- then wanted brought a social worker in and educated me on domestic violence. Okay. And I sat there on the bed with her. The doctor said, go teach her. And, and I was like, if this can happen to me, this can happen to anybody because he had, he had isolated me. He had control of all the funds, like the cycle of abuse, he checked every box. They showed me that. They showed me, um, uh, they talked to me about honeymoon phases and, yeah. and um, yes. So, and then they taught me about uh, exit plans, what needed to be prepared. I mean, all of this was being put in my face. And, but at the same time, while I'm in the hospital, Aaron is filing for divorce because I'm suicidal. And did did they know that he was doing this and had plans to take the kids while they're educating you on? So they had no idea. So Angie, none of us he, did. We didn't, I didn't find out until that Monday that he had an order of protection against me. They did. The kids didn't come home. He had an order of protection against me and he filed for divorce, citing suicide, oh. which that's the opposite of what you do. If you're loved, if a loved one, correct. If you if, really if, care. It's also making a mockery. Of, of the people and how like our suicide hotlines and all the things that we do um, in our world to try to prevent suicide and how higher rates are. It's just a, it's a mockery. So where but did he also, take the kids? To, he, also asked, he, also, he also asked for $10,000 alimony <laughs> and he asked for $2,000 a month for the kids. Be, so he wanted me to be mentally ill and be institutionalized, but also work 40 hours a week as a pharmacist and pay him. A do million. you have, do you have this documented? Like, do you still have this paperwork of him saying you tried to commit suicide? You should be in a mental hospital, but also you need to pay me X, Y, Z and work 40 to 50 hours a week. You have all this. Okay. That's, that's really important. Okay. Well, one of the things I did immediately was when he started attacking my credibility, my person, 
Um, I'm a mental health advocate, so it yeah. is incredibly insulting and angering. But at the same time, look, I decided the only way that you can combat that is to keep every piece of paper, every order, record every conversation. And so I've done that since 2013. So I have so anything that I talk to you about, yeah. I have a piece of paper uh, in a binder at this point. My friend, my friends yeah. have put my life into binders and they're, they stack about four feet tall on the wall in my den. And now I know that it's obviously like a violation of HIPAA, et cetera, but is there any way that, you know, you said your doctor passed away, but can you get records, your own records of what you had said I to have him, them. what you, okay, amazing. So you do. So just to, to quickly tie that so up, because I want to get to. The doctor at, the doctor at Centennial said, wrote in his notes, we have those as well. This patient is not suicidal. This patient doesn't belong in here. There's nothing wrong with her. However, my concern is the three people in the lobby. Right. And he went on to say, he gave me a piece of paper that said, not suicidal, not suicidal, just wrote all over it. And he said, you're going to need this. And I thought, but then, but the next more, so the first thing I did when I got out, I Mm -hmm. had to break in a window to get into my house. I found my, I did find my cell phone under a pile of towels Mm -hmm. and I called Aaron Yeah, and he said, what are you doing out? And I said, where are the kids? Where yeah. is everybody? Everybody's yeah. gone. Um, and he hung up. And I He's called protecting my himself. That's very obvious. He hung, up. he hung up. I called my parents. They hung up. I called his parents. They hung up. The children didn't have cell phones. Yeah. And so I didn't know where they were, but I just was sure they would come home on Mother's Day. And that was the next day. And so the next day I got up and I showered upstairs because I didn't want to get back in that shower, in the yeah. master bathroom shower. Sure, sure. And, I, and then I heard a male voice yelling um, in my den. And I was like, I came down the stairs and I was like, saw a sheriff's deputy with his head stuck through the window that I had broken out. He's like, Miss Solomon, Miss Solomon. And I was like, oh, can I help you, sir? And he goes, yes. He said, your husband has just called the precinct and said you're suicidal. You're kidding. Try it again. You're kidding. On Sunday. And I said, no, I'm just trying to help, trying to get ready because it's Mother's Day and I my my kids will come home. Yeah. And they were like, oh, Miss Solomon, we're very sorry. We hope you have a happy Mother's Day. But you're obviously not suicidal. And I said, hang on a second. And I went and grabbed my, my paper. Yeah. Yeah. I and you showed them. Free, and I showed them the paper. Mm-hmm. Do you um do you remember this officer? Uh, you get their name on, or I mean, it's on have, record, all the okay. West precinct. So everything okay, everything good. is on record. And some of the officers have actually um, written statements for us saying that they knew who the aggressor was. Um, and it was not me. At one point, he lunged at me in front of the officers and they pulled him back. No, but no the officers didn't do anything to him. Yeah. Do you have a clip of the radio? A clip that said, you know, that's local news I anchor. Want. That's what okay. I want. You I, me... I know, I know yeah. who it was. It was 92.9. Let me write that down. She's actually a friend of mine. She's still on 92.9. Oh. Her name is Anne Marie Ritter. R-I-T-T-E-R. Anne Marie Ritter. She's okay. Very well known. And she she was the one that was running the morning show that morning when it came across that he was running up and down Abbott Martin Road. And he looked crazy, I'm assuming. Well, that's why I was calling in. So like how like, how come you are the crazy one when it's on record here that this motherfucker was running, excuse my language, was running up and down please, in a I suit? Curse, I curse all the time. So I, okay, sorry. I know, but I, I probably shouldn't, um, especially in front of a lady. It's um, fine I'm sorry. because <laughs> I, it's a, 
it's fine because it's a point of reference for me. Yes. Ex- okay, fine. It yeah. makes me feel better. Please curse. <laughs> okay. 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 So, okay. So just, again, I want to just wrap this up, this part, because I do, now it's getting clearer and clearer to me. So basically. So the children were with him. And the court did not believe you. And he was what awarded happened, custody. Well, the children were with him. And I had a friend, because I have no vehicle. He left me with no vehicle, no electricity, no, no anything in the house, no money. Wow. Everything was cleared out. And so a friend took me to another friend who's a a young attorney Mm -hmm. and he got in that database to see what was going on. So I found it it was Monday uh, before I found out, oh my gosh, he says I'm suicidal, files for divorce, asks for alimony, and he's got to order protection against me for him and the kids. Well, uh, but I didn't find it where my kids were. So what I did was I, they, they told me to do a wellness check to call and do a well. And so I did. And the West Precinct officers came out and they found my children in a swimming pool, not in school, but in a swimming pool in Cookville, Tennessee at the Clarion Inn. And I said, just talk to Grant. Just talk to Grant. Right. Well, he'll tell you what's going on. So they tried. But six six months later, when I got to see the kids for the first time, I asked Grant what happened. And he said that his great pops, Aaron's stepdad, had told him that those were truant officers. And if he spoke to them, they would take him to jail because they were laying out of school. So, so. The, so the grandparents, his, Aaron's parents were in on it. They had the, and so, but then I, then I had my first experience with power, control, and money, the good old boy network, yeah. a really nice police car pulled up different in the drive. And it was the, they're like, What's the chief doing here? And it was the West Precinct chief. He got out. He calls. And there's probably 20 officers there trying to help me. Yeah. Some of them teary-eyed, trying to help me find my kids. And he gets out, calls Aaron, hangs up, says he's well-spoken. He's he's kind. He was, uh, he explained to me the situation. Cease and desist all operations here. Oh gosh. And they walked away and one of the officers stopped and said, I'm still going to find your kids. And he he kept his word and he said, I'm sorry. And they all left. And, um, they, they, the grandparents immediately just like a kidnapping Mm -hmm. rushed them to another hotel that time in Lebanon at a clarion inn. And, um, the deputies from, I guess the Putnam County area followed and reported back to me that now they were in a swimming pool at the, or at a hotel with a pool in, um, in Lebanon, a clarion inn. So, so during that week, the children were moved from hotel to hotel so that I couldn't find them until I knew that there was an order of protection that had been served. So I, so in the time that I had to still have rights to get to my children before I was served, right. They moved them. They kept them hidden from me. Um, because the divorce papers have been filed, I think it was six weeks before I would be in court. So I don't have any contact with anyone. Um, I quickly had to learn to figure out how to live with nothing, no food, no electricity, no anything, no car. And um, But how come, could you not work at that time because you were just... Well, what had happened was I was working full time as a pharmacist, actually sometimes two jobs because he didn't make much money, but he wanted me to work in two jobs and him to be Mr. Mom. And 
Yes. So when he lost his job at the news station and no other, no other in 2010 and no other station would pick him up. And he was the AP anchor of the year in Tennessee in 2010 and nobody would touch him. I started to go, something's up here. Yeah. And he he couldn't even get on radio. So he had two radio gigs that lasted about six weeks apiece and they fired him. So something was definitely going on. What are, what are these radio stations that I can possibly look Um, into? I can get you, there was a sports radio stations. Okay. Maybe you can let me know offline. 1045 The Zone was one. Okay. And and I think the other was one. Let's, I know that one was it. 1045 The Zone. Let me check on the name of the other one. Okay. And they hired him and then he, and then what happened was, um, I couldn't get representation because he had taken all the money. I didn't work because the trust was coming in and he said, oh, you're going to be a mom. So when they were doing some rearranging through my company, I just Mm. told them I was going to go be a mom. So he he had it all set up where I would not be ready to, I would not be working at that time. And it would just be harder for you, I guess. It would take a little longer for you to try to get back on your feet, contact yes. your job back. and and Well, and get- also because at that time, the pharmacy market was saturated because mm-hmm. that was when pharmacy, all these pharmacy schools popped up and the market was so saturated that there was actually lines of pharmacists at Amazon.com trying to get jobs. Oh, so, um, okay. So it was wow. just a really bad time to try to, yeah. But also the, the pain is a searing pain that... I can't describe, but I don't know how a body lives through that pain of knowing that I knew my children didn't know where I was, were terrified, and were with their abuser. And the last thing I'd said to them, ironically, was I got down and looked them on my knees and looked them in the eye, and I, particularly Grant, and I said, I promise you I will protect you. And I failed. No, no. Well, I've had to spend a lot of years on counseling. I know. to forgive myself on that, but um, I couldn't not knowing what now what I was up against, which was more than Aaron and my family. Um, I couldn't have, I couldn't have. There was no way to. There was no outcome that would be possible but failure. Um, however, so, because okay. because I kept falling, yeah, falling. They got they over the years. They were incredibly agitated and aggravated that I kept coming back because most women don't. Right. Well, because most <laughs> you're in a position where you're like, you know, this is all BS. So you're just like, where do you want me to go? You also go from being basically, like you said, Aaron wasn't home. You were the sole provider. You were the ones that made the kid lunches. You know, you were the ones, the one that picked them up from school every day. That, oh, that like gets to me so bad just because I know exactly what that's like. So if anybody tried to come at me, and say all this shit and take my kids, I'd be like, you don't even know what, you know what I'm saying? You don't even know what to make them for dinner. You don't even know what, you know, what they like. Exactly. You don't know how uh, both kids, for example, sensitive with clothing, textures and things like that. Yeah. So they had closet full of their uniforms and clothes upstairs. He went to the school and told them that I wouldn't give the uniforms and they did some sort of uniform drive for them. I mean, I was just, Oh, eyes. I mean, or I think they call it panda eyes. Yeah. Oh, it was so Grant lost 30 pounds in, <gasps> because he oh. thought he told Granny was fat. Sweet so there were all these. Oh, my God. Oh, it was just, it was a torture camp. So, but what ended up happening was finally I got an attorney who would 
represent me, but it was so close to the the date of court that all mm-hmm. they had time to do was say to the answer to the this long petition mm-hmm. was no. My answer was no. That's it. Okay. So we thought that we were going into court, like all cases, which mm-hmm. I was learning about divorce court at this point. Um that we are going into court to determine where the children would reside in percentage of time as we finalize the divorce. Okay. Right. Right. But it was an ambush. And my parents were there to testify. Oh gosh. Yeah. My dad said he, you know, I was mentally ill because I play with my fingers when I was young. (laughs) And my dad and, but we, we later found out that my dad and Aaron and my mom had met with the judge in private chambers prior to. Why? Because they told the judge what they wanted. That's how, how is my, that allowed? How the hell is illegal. that allowed? It's illegal, but that's how my dad operates uh, in Gainesville. He would just, he had somebody being court. He owns a grocery store. Somebody owed him money. He yeah. would just call the judge and tell him what he wanted. And he would never have to show. So he, it was, wow. it's the way he kind of like a godfather. That's the way he operates. That's the way Aaron operates because of the power and familiarity, popularity he had in the Nashville area. So when I went in, it wasn't about custody. It was to destroy me, my credibility. It was to destroy everything about me that would make me, that would make my testimony truthful. And um, Judge Philip Smith said in circuit court, he said, Mm -hmm. I don't believe you, Mrs. Solomon. I believe you tried to commit suicide. Well, I had my medical records. Yeah. That stated otherwise. Yeah. Right. And my attorney said, we need to put these into evidence because they're, they proved he not one time in 10 years have my medical records been allowed into court. Were the kids there at this point in court or no? Okay. And they were, sorry, go ahead. They were where they, at that point, they, I didn't still, I really didn't know where they were still, but then I learned that they were living in DeKalb County at the grandparents' lake house and Aaron had moved there and they lived there for about, I guess, six months. The judge ordered me to go. He told me that uh, I was worse than any, and then he's never met me before. And yeah. I'm an expert trial witness. I mean, yeah, yeah. He says to me, uh, you're worse than any, and I have the transcript. But he's like, you're worse than any person that's ever been in front of me. I'm going to treat you worse than any prostitute, murderer. Um, you're Why? never going to see your kid again. Because it was a, it was good old boy and it was a buy-off. They paid the judge off. This And this is common. This is okay. common here. But I learned that later. I learned because, because I, I, he took me to court, I think, 180 times just in Davidson County. So essentially, you lost custody of your children and they went to live with with Aaron for two years. Now they gave, you- they gave the children to Aaron. And then they told me two years later that, uh, up until that point, I finally got supervised visits and they were, I paid for them and I might get to see them. I might get to see them every other week for two hours. And I would have to travel to a place actually in Franklin where we live now from Green yeah. Hills because I had no car. No, I would ride a bus but they would want me to bring um, things from home and they want me to cook. So Aww. one day, one day I had a bean bag. Yeah. Had uh lasagna. <laughs> I had a birthday cake for Gracie 
And I, but I was carrying it down um, Royal Oaks Boulevard here in Franklin. Um, I guess about a mile or half mile to get to the supervised spot. When I left, I was wow. carrying the same things. And I remember Aaron just driving past me and the kids were like, I can't we pick yeah. her up. Yeah. 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 Of course. Out yeah and, but then, I- and then just fast forward to 2018 when the kids finally had had enough of his abuse and his, you know, and they ran away to live with you. How did that work? Um, well, over the, over the course of the years, I had some help from a detective who didn't have jurisdiction mm-hmm. and he would tell me how to handle. Okay. Like he taught me what, well, after Aaron put me in jail for still fighting to, before for still saying what he was doing to the he children. He put you in jail? In 2015, I went to jail. For how long? Uh, I went for three days, but the judge and Aaron, the judge said, I'm doing this to show, to teach you how to mind us. And just for you to stop talking about this good man and saying he sexually abuses your daughter. And he said, if you, if you show me, you can mind us, you'll only, you'll only go for three days, but there's 30 days on the table. So if at any point in the, there will always be 27 more days on the table. If you, if you can't stay in line and mind us. Because you so, were going to the internet, you were going to your friends, you were going to I, well, at that detectives point, that, at yeah. that point, I didn't have anybody. I just kept coming. We just kept, what would happen is even on supervised visits, Gracie would find an opportunity to tell me what dad was doing now, like how he was morphing, changing into other things he was doing to her. Okay. And so I would go find an attorney. We would file dependent neglect. We would try to get her out of there. Yeah. They would call DCS. DCS would pretend to do an investigation. That was just a smoke screen. Um, and wow. basically it would just make Aaron angrier, but that wow. was why I would keep ending up in court because I was not giving up. Right. And right. I, I, I moved to another County mm-hmm. to get away from the judge. And we What's were the we, judge's we, name. Sorry. Philip I know Smith. Philip, Philip, East. Philip E. Smith. Got it. He Thank passed you. away about three months ago, but his record speaks for himself. And then um, he has a partner on the other side of the aisle, Robinson. I believe Robin. it's Philip as well, okay. but they both do the same thing with Scott Parsley, Aaron's attorney, who okay. has since been disbarred several times, but he has regained his license. However, he never took Aaron's case back after Grant. Oh, um, so what happened was we would get to see each other. Um, we got to see each other at six months. Okay. And they couldn't understand why I wasn't dead. That's how I know that was when I found out that they told my, I, everyone in the whole quote family told them I was dead. I'm so and then sorry. Um, I, their pain. I so I know it, betrayal I know. and the you know it was one thing for my children to be with their abuser and for me to be in this situation where I'm really on my back. Um, that's not me, but it's I the can, other. I thing. can tell that's not you. You are a. a fighter holy yes. shit you are a fighter they put and, you in jail and you fought i am like oh my god i'll gosh. tell you i you know you know, was it is it gulliver's travels where they tie the man down all the little people i don't tie remember oh i think yes actually, with I think, all the yeah. strings that's how yeah. i felt i was like there's all these people around me and they've tied yeah. me down and i can't move but i should be the one yeah so yeah. then then it's 
Aaron didn't like the way that visit went because the kids cried when it was over and wanted to see me, didn't want to leave. So he took me, took us back to court, reissued the order of protection because I obviously did something to make the children cry, which is actually a natural response. To not yeah, I was about to say that's a, incredibly normal. Um, if they didn't, I'd probably be like, what the hell? So no, no Christmas together, no seeing each other. It was probably a year later that we got to finally see each other again, Aaron. And that time it was supervised. They again came up with a reason we shouldn't see each other, took me back to court. So we did not see each other at all for two years. And then we didn't get to talk on the phone. They were just gone. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how I survived that physically without my heart just stopping. And I would ask God, you know, can can a person survive this pain? Like, don't let me die. Because I just thought my heart would just explode. As a mother of two also, I completely understand. Because yeah, I, I would lay on the floor, the wood floor, oh, in that big house in Green Hills that we had no business being in. And I would just lay on that wood floor and just beat that floor and scream to God, help me. I I had no one, no friends, because if I, he'd isolated me. Yes. I had... And he was out, um, and my and my family were rapidly, as rapid as they could, mm. passing around the documents from the judge, so that everyone making copies, the school, everyone, so that they would believe, and probably altered them too. Yeah, but right. Actually, they just went out and make sure I was destroyed. To everyone. So people thought I had horns, oh, like God. multiple eyes, like gross. Like I think of it like so then, Beauty and the Beast, but in reverse. And people became terrified of me. Oh, like, Angie, I'm sorry. Me. So then I just learned to, okay, well, I'm, I used to care what people think. Now I don't care what anybody thinks. And you just right. have to come to a new level of armor. Mm. I don't give a shit what you think. Yeah. Of. Well, so how did you end up getting custody of them or them being able to live with you in 2018? So in, so in 2015, after I went to jail, and I almost didn't survive that, I went and met with my friend who's a detective. Let me get a drink. And um, yeah. <laughs> he said um, he had some pals in the FBI. He sent them in to see Philip Smith. What's going on with this case? And he didn't even have to go get the books. He goes, you ever seen her? She's mentally ill. Like, this is the most mentally ill woman that I've ever seen in my life. You need to do your homework. Oh they God. were looking, they were searching for the money trail. Right. They couldn't find it. So my, my, my dear friend says to me, 35 years in, uh, as a detective, he says to me, Angie, you've been outplayed. You lost. They need to accept that. Ooh. And I just start bawling. Yeah. He said, but here's what we'll do. You're going to play the game. He said, I'm going to teach you how he's a narcissist. Okay. So now we're 2015. He said, and I've seen these all my career. He said, you're just going to be as nice to him as you are the kids. I was like, what? So he laid out, he laid out a plan. And he said, the first thing I want you to do is move. I was in Coffee County. He said, I work working at a pharmacy there. Mm-hmm. So I want you to get a job and get back to Franklin. I want you to get a house and I want you to decorate it just like you're going to, like you see the kids all the time. They have their own bedroom, but you don't. And he said, then when you get your little bit of time with it, so there was, oh, we had no overnights together for four years. Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to 
I want you to, I want you to get a house. And he said, then when the kids come over, they feel like they have a home, but also Aaron sees they have a home and it started start to work on him. And he said, then literally, literally, um, and I was Casa mocked me because of that. I said this, but this is literally what he did. And I did everything. He said, I want you to bake cookies before the children leave. Yeah. And I want you to give them a bag to take home each. And I want you to give Aaron a bag. Are you kidding? Are you <laughs> this guy's actually genius. I mean, I yeah. And I did. Yeah. And then the next week, and then he said they could come back the next week for a few hours. So I made brownies. Chocolate is look, just- Angie, let's be clear. Aaron doesn't actually want a parent. You know, I know, I know no. men like this. They have no interest in hanging out with their kids. They have no interest in... So other for their glorification, he lived through Grant Sports and and he, he was his trophy. Mm. Gracie is his doll. He used her at night. That's disgusting. Okay. Me, yeah. me, he's he wanted he if what he did to us in the home mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. not criminal enough for an arrest, what he did outside the home using the courts to continue the abuse. And and just control of us and me. It sounds like he spent a lot of money. I mean, well, like I mean, it, he lost a whole lot of that trust fighting for these things. It, that was just that was also outrageous. At any point, he could have stopped, right, and just said enough. But in the middle of that, I had had, um, I finally got a high profile attorney yeah. who worked with high profile, high conflict divorces, and she had said, you know. Judge Smith said, I'm not giving her a trial. Nothing. I'm not giving her anything that's fair in the, that we actually provide in the judici- judiciary system. I'm just going to take the kids forever. My attorney said, you're not getting them. He said, the best thing for you to do is to sign whatever Aaron draws up and learn live to fight another day. And so what I did was I signed, they drew up a piece of paper that said I would pay his attorney's fees. I would pay his bankruptcy. I would pay the $200,000 he owed my parents. But I would have zero custody of my children and I would I I would get to see them, but not until a supervisor, you know, who's a social worker that is half my age. I Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Says that I'm fit to be alone with my children. Right. Right. Another hook. Yeah. So I, I signed it and um, it was either that or never see them again. That was what they put on the table. Wow. So my living to fight another day was Coffee County Court, and then they put me in jail for fighting Coffee County. I came back the house that worked. Then they then my detective friend said, "Now I want you to move. Now you've been here six months. Now I want you to move a mile from him." So I moved. They lived an hour away from school, so I moved a mile from him. And okay. he said, "Now we'll be the babysitter." He said, "This is not about divorce. This is about destroying you." And I said, "Okay." So I did, and I became the babysitter. Mm. And the kids certainly got suddenly got to spend the night with me and the kids suddenly got to stay with me all the time. And then six months after that, he said, now I want you to move right beside the school. That's high rent district. Oh, how is this going to happen? I passed the house one day called the rent price was right. I jumped on it. And um, then he let them stay all the time because school was close and his house was so far away. So now we're looking at 2017. Okay. By 2017, Early, early in that year, I realized the kids weren't going to make it. Grant was starting to be uh, my big, strong Grant who fought so hard and never had peace. But you wouldn't know it if you talked to him. 
Mm. Um, he was, he was, had become suicidal and Gracie's anxiety of being in her dad's house was off the charts. She would sit up in the bathroom in the night and just pour sweat, fearing that he was coming. He would always come to get her in the night. Oh, so she was afraid, you know, Grant's and Grant's locks. He bought a new million dollar home and the locks on Grant's bedroom were on the outside. That's and the locks, the locks on Gracie's weren't on the inside. So Grant couldn't get out to help defend Gracie. Do you have pictures of a, a locks? I don't outside? have pictures of the locks, but we have testimony where the kids told the judge that. Okay. And All right. That's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And then in 2018, uh, Aaron, let's see, that was the year that Grant would start driving mm-hmm. and um, he wouldn't, didn't want to get his license. And I snuck off and took him to get the license. Cause now we're getting to see each other much more and I get to yeah. be around I get to be around the school again where they, the people there supervised me. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so lovely. And <laughs> yeah. And then um, in 2018, the children, and this is after, this is in August of 18, mm. they had started making excuses that where they were not going back, we're not going back, we're not going back. And Aaron would let them stay. Okay. But um, he told them in August, I think it was the 13th that they could spend another week with me, but instead he sent the sheriff's department after them and the sheriff's department who usually doesn't get involved in civil matters. Right. Right. Came into the house, woke Grant from his bed and they almost drew on him because he was six, three, two, 10 and Grant screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying you're sending back to an abuser. My sister's being sexually abused, told the police, told the sheriffs, all these things. Then Gracie comes out and of the bedroom, woke up, She's just in shambles. They, but they have to take them with them and put them in the patrol car. And when they got them in the patrol car, they told them that their dad had said, you have to be in the patrol car to teach you a lesson. So you won't disobey him again. What They took them. Mm-hmm. They took them only about a mile down the road to what we call halfway market at that time, where everybody was for lunch, classmates, adults, everyone, and made a big scene. The patrol car pulls up and Grant and Gracie have to get out in front of everyone and get in their dad's car. He was just parked a mile down the road. Is he and, like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Does he like making a, like as a public a figure almost, it's fucking weird. I'm sorry to curse again. I'm just like, what are you He's doing? a psychopath. He's yeah, like, okay. Sorry. Con- school, continue though. He's a so. fucking full-blown psychopath. What and he, he is, his, his idea is complete control. And what he does is he wants, he, he wants to take away what you love the most and what, so he took from me, my children and he took me from my children. He took my children from me. So what happened? This was 2017. What happened after 2018, 18. Sorry. So what happened after after they get out of the patrol car? Yeah. So here we are. He brings them back to my house that night and lets them stay for two hours. (laughs) So I can't. Okay. Yeah. And the kids are just like, they're confused. But they, but they're I'm sure. They're highly, like, what well, they're this? highly intelligent. Yeah. And they were like, dad's doing this on purpose. He is. Of course. Right. So um, he's crazy. They would use terms like, you know, me, Grant and I had named eight personalities. So it wasn't like we didn't know something was really off. Right. Um, which was even more terrifying. Um, Gracie was talking more and more about what he was doing to her in the night. And that particular week was the week that was the 
if there is a worse week, that was the week that was the crux week. He Grant um, was a great baseball player, and he played for the um, Southeast. The USA baseball program is fantastic, and Grant was selected to play for the Southeast in their tournament um, in Cary, North Carolina, and it was that week. So Aaron took Grant to Cary and took Gracie with him. And then Aaron, before he left, we subpoenaed him to be in court for dependent and neglect because of what Gracie had revealed about the sexual assault and coming to have the police officers pick them up, which is traumatic. So we, so you, we had, you went back and you were like, you know what? I'm not going to play your game anymore. I cannot you, handle it. Yeah. You touched well, see, my kid. I had, your, I had yeah. gotten, you know, not to draw this out, but I had, yeah. I had gotten an attorney when I realized like we, we can't play the game anymore. The children aren't going to make it. And I just uh, spent yes, my time okay. from February of that year to August kind of just meeting every once in a while. I want to catch you up on all the shit they put me through. Yeah. I want to ca- catch you up on everything so that you're not, it's just too much for you to absorb in one day, but I would like to go to court here to try to get a custody uh, parenting plan change. Yeah. Yeah. I have just a little bit of custody. So he can't do, if you have just a little bit, he can't send the police. He can't continue to threaten the children. You do have, you, it's not, it's not joint, but it's like, what is it called? If it's not, it's just partial custody. Is that the term? Okay. Right. But just a little custody stops that. Okay. You can't, you can't continually, the kids then wouldn't be worried constantly about him showing up and removing them in dramatic fashion. Okay. So they're off with him at this baseball tournament and you turn and around and you're like, he already knew the scoop and okay. the police officers before they left, the sheriff's department said, you need to file dependent neglect. We didn't know we were, what we were walking into. Okay. So I did. They subpoenaed Aaron. He has to be back on Friday. It's getting ready to get really dark. Okay. But um, Thursday night, so he leaves Grant there Thursday night. This is the first time Gracie would be alone with Aaron in a hotel room. For some reason, it's it's a seven-hour drive, and Aaron usually just bolts right straight through. But he left that night in Cary, and he stopped in the Asheville city limits. Okay. North Carolina. Okay. In Asheville. And that night, he raped her fully. Um, rectally and vaginally. No. Um, sorry to get, did, did she, was she able to get an exam like, or anything? No, because he put her back in the car the next morning and I didn't know she's texting me panicking. He kept her battery uncharged that night. She, I said, I'll be here when you get home. We had court that day. and She didn't know that we were going to catch him when he pulled in the drive and subpoena her too. So she had to be in court. So, so we're in court on sexual abuse charges Good. and he, and she was trying see, but I, we, we couldn't talk. She was mm. trying to tell me what he had done, but so it had always been evolving and he had done this several times and he was drugging her at night with a lemonade, roofing his daughter. Oh my gosh. All, that's how he was getting her to like, not be fully... over the years. Yeah. That's why okay. she would wake up, go from her twin bed and wake up in her bed, his bed the next morning, burning between her legs with <gasps> drainage. Yes. It's just what, what did he drug her with? Um, I, I, I'm a pharmacist and I've yeah. asked everybody, what was this? Because, and what, why did I see it? Yeah. Like, but everybody says it was GH had to be GHB. Okay. And he always brought it in the form of like a lemonade to the, he never allowed sugar in the house, but he, 
But at bedtime, he would give them a sugar snack, which is opposite of other parents, right? Exactly. A hundred percent. Don't get sugar at night. Yeah. yeah because what? Kids would wire you up. But the kids were so excited, both of them, both of them, to get. So he also abused Grant in that way. And um, oh, Grant, Grant told you the same. Told Hannah, his girlfriend. It's her precious. You may have seen her on some videos. She's so beautiful. Her, yes. So, oh, so he never disclosed this to you. He had disclosed this to Hannah. Poor. He disclosed it to Hannah, but he had told me they experienced things that one day he wanted to sit and tell tell me about, but he wasn't ready. And I never rush my kids. No, I'm I agree. Like, you're ready. I'm here, buddy. Lunch. You're yeah. pl- your pick. Lunch. Yeah. Whatever. But um. Wow. So all of that. Okay, I, we'll go into that in just a minute. But um. So he brings her back and that's, we get, so he's, we get, um, have a guardian ad litem. We have Casa. We have all these people around us at this point. And, and Gracie is thinking that she won't go back with him. She's in court, but ma- the, it was a magistrate, not a okay. judge. You know, straight up magistrates are like pharmacy interns. They're not fully yeah. judges. Right. But, um, and so he ordered Gracie back with Aaron. And oh, she, God. when she heard, she collapsed in the floor and there was guardian deadline. In there, front of everybody? There's like Good. four four or five. We have a lot of witnesses. Good. And I, I've never seen anything like, she collapsed in the floor. She was holding onto my leg, screaming, I can't go back. Because she hasn't been able to tell me what had happened. Oh, and right. I said, I'll be there. I was quietly, because I couldn't let him, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be right. Behind. And his attorney yells across the room. We have Anna Smith, who's a really um she she tells it like it is. Mm-hmm. Anna it was there to witness for Gracie. Anna at that time was 17, and Grant's best friend, so 17, was there to witness for Grant. And they were in the room when Gracie collapsed, and they witnessed Scott Parsley, Aaron's attorney, saying, She is your possession. Rip her off of her mother. What? And take her. And they did. They ripped her off of me. And oh they my gosh. And they put her in the car. And Gracie was at that was trying to text me. And I said, um, we had a, we had emojis. Yeah. That meant things. Yeah. So I sent the emoji that meant I'm coming. Mm-hmm. I I'm coming. It's a I, I'm coming. And so she it was always afraid to fall asleep in the car with Aaron. Because he goes through their things. But Heather yeah. Webb, the, this wonderful guardian ad litem, had given her her card. If you need me, call me. Good. And Gracie was afraid Aaron would take it. So she had those little pink Converse high top. Yeah. She was so tired and had not had any food in 24 hours at that point. She, she hid it in the bottom of the Converse and fell asleep. Mm. When she woke up, she checked the Converse and the card was gone. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Gracie will tell you this straight up. And so um, Aaron didn't know I was coming. And I'll tell you, you know, I was spending every dime I had on attorneys, on fighting. Um, Yeah. It was all I could do, even with pharmacy. And they had ordered me to pay child support to him as a, so my, I paid to supervision. Yeah. So what I had was gone quickly. And I, there's a, there's a, a lady here in, in Nashville that had a, has a friend 
whose mortgage was $500. And she gave, met me at a, at on West end and gave me $500, her, her mortgage. Oh. And that is how I got to North Carolina. Wow. And I've had so many heroes like that in this story, but, um, I got, I got there. It took me two hours. I was so, we all, we have, we all three have PTSD. Mm-hmm. It took me, it took me three hours just to get myself like out of Nashville because I couldn't think. Right. So I arrive in um, Cary about four in the morning with cash to try to get a hotel. Yeah. You, how do you, you can't do that. Right. No, no. And I, but they, 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 yeah. told me, they said, ma'am, it's so late tonight. We won't charge you for tonight. And I said, okay, great. I'll bring, I'll deposit my money and I'll bring yeah. you a car tomorrow. And I said, can I have a room? I said, you should have Aaron Solomon in the building. Can I have a room as, on their floor? Yeah. And they gave me a room two doors down. Good. Okay. And Gracie never went back. Ever. We had to fight. We fought. I, um, we, Grant had a game at seven the next morning and I showed up on the complex and you should have seen Aaron's face. And Gracie came and sat with me. We have pictures. We were we, we when we're sitting together watching Grant play. Yeah, he did so well, and they won the championship even with all of this going on. And um, when we got ready to leave, Aaron locked them in the hotel room and said, "You're going with me." And they were screaming, and I caused the scene at the hotel. Good. Lock this door. My children are in this room. Yeah, and they did. And Gracie and Grant ended up riding back with me. Now we went back to court, and the judge still is buy off, pay off. Good old boys. The judge yep. still is not going to give the kids back to me custody wise, but he didn't order Gracie to go back. Okay. Just, okay. He just left it open, just left it open. So Gracie went with me, but he told Grant to go back. Okay. And so, but Grant did that anyway to pacify Aaron. If he went a little bit, maybe Aaron would, he protect right. his whole yeah. life built around protecting Gracie and me. But we really realized it once he was gone. Like we had no idea how much he was doing. So then um, Grant was week on, week off, and he couldn't even do that much. So it was like his first week on. And Aaron was, he later tells us that Aaron was on something. He goes, something called a 72-hour hold. And they let him do it. He said, he said they let him do it at his house instead of, like a psychiatric hold or something. He heard them. He heard the the mother and dad talk. His mom and stepdad talking about it because they came to live in the house with him okay. going forward, so okay. that they could keep an eye on him. So they were Aaron. They were, Aaron, keep an eye on Aaron. Why at this point though? Aaron was deemed crazy at this point. I don't know what happened. Okay. Grant, okay. He was in a personality that Grant hadn't seen. Grant was terrified. Grant was a person of a few words when it came to this type of thing. But when he said something, it was lar. It meant a lot. So okay. he had given, been given the number of the CASA rep. And he called to hurt Milena. And he said, I'm afraid my dad is going to kill me or hurt me or Gracie. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Okay. Yeah. So he, so she in turn turned around and called DCS and reported it. And she was fired the next day. Removed from the case and the head costume. What's her name? Her name is Malena, M-A-L-A-I-N-A. Last name is Wells, like a neat well, W-E-L-L. And what company was she fired from? CASA, uh, which is supposed to be the Child Advocacy Services. Yes. And so uh, 
she was fired. Let me rephrase. She was fired from Grant, our case. Okay. And the supervisor took over. So here comes, uh, and her name is Megan Plagman. Okay. Her name needs to be plastered everywhere. Got it. Because she sided with Aaron through the whole thing, including when he was substantiated by DCS, she was a witness for him. Yes. So, so she took over the case, but yeah. um, we went to court. Uh, you know, we, they we had that is going to court constantly. So what Grant did that night is he got his most important possession, which was the Xbox. Mm. <laughs> he put the Xbox on the front porch when Aaron wasn't looking and was in his rage. And he put a few clothes. He he went outside when he wasn't looking and he rolled his truck down the and he drove it about 200 yards away. Mm. Called me, said, please come to dad's neighborhood. I'm le- I'm running away. I'm leaving. And he then grabbed the things off the front porch and took off and got in the truck and ran away. And he never went back. Although Aaron came and got the truck for punishment. So that, yes. Um, so, so, wow. and that's how I ended up with them. And then we were still in court and I would still lose, you know, the judge yeah. would lose, 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 lose. However, he never told the children to go back. But when it came up in court the next week that Grant had said, I fear my father will kill or harm me. Mm-hmm. My sister, that should have been the end of it. Yeah, I, I know. I'm... And Magistrate Cabell told Grant, "You'll ne- you never have to go back." And Grant was celebrating with his friend out in the hall. Oh, mm-hmm. this is wonderful! I don't ever have to go back. And uh, af- and then lunch came, and everything always changes during the lunch hour. Okay. And Magistrate Cabell came back out after lunch and had said he'd changed his mind. And he looked at Aaron, who's five seven with shoes on, li- literally looked at him, sized him up, and looked at Grant who was at 6'3 at that time, mm-hmm. 200, and said, You're, he said, Grant, you will go back every other week. You're big enough to take care of yourself. And so now he's gone. You have the magistrate's name? Of course I do. Jacques what? Cabell. It's J J A C Q E S C A B E L L. C A B L L. E L L. And he he works under Judge Guffey, so so he's like training to be a judge, um, Judge Guffey, who works under Deanna Johnson in Circuit Court, who is the wife of the Senator Jack Johnson, who also goes to Grace Chapel and sat with Aaron. So, so that's at how. this point. At this point, he Grant has to go back every other week but he he doesn't he doesn't and Aaron doesn't say anything so at this point no Aaron was pissed Aaron he was pissed okay we were fighting him off daily and Gracie had her she was I've got pictures of her where her bones are just and she's in a full rash and um because he was constantly threatening Mm. and I was constantly calming them and then trying to figure out how we're going to block him and I'm but he did curious. not come back. So from that point on, right. I mean, it never worked. It was just threats, which is terrifying. So, but, but for two years, the kids did not have to see him. Uh, no, we had counselor, the, a court appointed counselor. Okay. And the counselor, instead of just saying what she saw and just saying, this is not going to work. Right, right. She was a buffer more and she played 
I still don't really know where she stood in everything, but she played the role of trying to reunify. Okay. However, she also told Aaron, the kids are working on boundaries. They're working on, there's been so much damage there and they're constantly afraid that you're going to come back and take them from their mother. Not that's on top of all of the physical trauma and abuse. So she held him off of the kids too. She helped me hold them off, him off. Wonderful. He okay. listened to her um, with deep regret because um, the last time we were in court and DCS gave Gracie back against his will to me. Oh, right. Um, from DCS, he he grandstanded. He said, I'd like to speak to the judge. And he just got up, went over there and just started speaking. And he said, I shouldn't have listened to the counselor. I shouldn't have listened to anybody. And he said, I'm disappointed in you. And the whole family's disappointed in the court system. And yeah, so. At what point was Gracie able to get her sexual abuse claim substantiated by a judge? Uh, well, it's this. it um, was actually substantiated through DCS. So, okay. so prior to that, every DCS case had been in, in um, relative proximity and connection to Nashville. Uh, Williamson County, Rutherford County, Davidson counties, DCS agents all would come. I have the DCS records. They all would come. They would say, there's nothing to the complaint. And they would leave and say they investigated it. And when, because of what happened in North Carolina, there there is an open case against him. However, it's not moving. But it was substantiated at one point by right, a judge. So how it got substantiated yeah. was there was a, that North, North Carolina wanted a forensic interview done of Gracie mm-hmm. and sent a person to do that here in Nashville. And in that, um, they asked Gracie, I don't know how, how it came about, but you know, if there's anywhere else they stayed in Tennessee and she mentioned the lake house in DeKalb County, okay. which is outside of this good old boy circle network it still reaches that far, but it's, you know, it's a quieter little. Yeah. And that, that DCS work, that DCS, uh, she's a hero. She, she fought the system. She fought the good old boys. She fought yeah. everyone. Yeah. Okay. To get him substantiated. He was substantiated through DCS and the DA was going to prosecute him. Uh, his then- name was Bryant Dunaway. And then all of a sudden he decided that he needed more than Gracie's word. I don't know. Now, let me, let me ask you, I guess it was too late, not, I mean, not too late, but at this point, when you had it substantiated, Gracie at this point was no longer seeing her father on a regular basis. So it's not like he could abuse her one night. And then the next morning she could go to you. You could take her to the hospital and say, get checked out. He had a restraining order and then a no contact order. So you were able to get a restraining order after the abuse was substantiated. Correct. Great. Okay. Another question I have, it is clearly on record. Grant said, I am afraid my father will kill me. He had said this to court officials, attorneys. Um, so he, this is, he is on record saying, I'm afraid on my father. saying it to CASA and that, that got reported to DCS. So that's two times. And then he came into it, then he, they read it out loud in court and he came into court and he testified that to that being the truth. Dude, my yes. mind is blown right now because then fast forward to 2020, 
Grant is alone with his father for the first time in two years. And what happens? Grant is not with us anymore. Grant was and they, killed, just like Grant said. And they did not think to say, hmm, two years ago, this young man was saying, I'm afraid my father will kill me. Doesn't see him for two years. Then and he not, sees him for the not, first time. Not just that, but we ne- then are back in court again. Okay. Because Aaron c- comes after Gracie two months to the day of Grant's passing. So we're comes back to in- her house, like sexually I'm, or just. Oh, you're, you're, you're coming with me. Oh, like we have, like, I'm done. Uh, when I got to the hospital and I saw the chaplain, I knew, cause I used to work in level one trauma. Mm-hmm. But I knew when I saw the chaplain, he was gone and I hit the floor for a while. I, I don't know what all I'm the nurses still talk to me, have we have their cell phones and things, but I've never asked how long I was down there, how long I was screaming or what, or what I was saying, anything. When I got up, Aaron was sitting in the back of the room with his legs crossed like a woman, like he sits and he was just staring like, like blank. So and, and I walked back there. And the first thing he said to me was, we're going to be a family now. What the, that's what he said to you. He meant it. That's what the first thing he said to you, we're going to be a family now. And so what happened was that's not happening. And Gracie and I were. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds. And I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters, May 17th, Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know... Uh, according to him, you know, I don't do anything right. So his his excuse was, well, they're not grieving right. And so he just finally said, if you're not going to talk to me, if you're not going to talk to your family, basically, if you're not going to let people watch you, check up on you, like a conservatory, but there's no, like a cage with no walls, right. then I'm coming to get her. And he just announced that he was to have, told me to have everything ready, send it in an email. I have it. You have everything ready on Sunday. I'm coming to get her one way or another. Gracie is already, has she's lost her brother, her protector. Mm-hmm. She's terrified of him. Mm-hmm. This happens. She becomes suicidal. Now I'm going to lose her. I'm just like, yeah. so I'm fighting to keep her alive with doctors and things. And we're fighting him off and the counselor's helping. But we go, but we ended up back in front of that same magistrate. Gosh. And this time... Grant's gone. And he never said a fucking word. Wait. So the magistrate that said, you know what? You're 6'3". You can handle yourself. 
he, you, you go back to court in front of the same guy who pleaded, pleaded with him. I'm sorry. I'm speechless. And he He said nothing. But he didn't even say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I guess. Even in private conversation with Gracie. He never mentioned Grant. This is so corrupt. This is it's, so corrupt girl, to me. You just, let me tell you something. This is if you want to expose every bit of it, girl. We what they this is what they tell me. Angie, stay in the ditch. What that that sounds that sounds crude, right? But that means when you're when you talk, you stay here, mm-hmm. Grant, and and then that that automatically the motive automatically ties in Gracie. Okay, so when I talk, you stay here because it protects you. Because everyone knows, everyone here knows that I know everything and that this 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 is corruption at its height. It is the same people who is exact same people who removed the Tennessee three. It's the same. It's all the same. It's silencing. If you're not going to be quiet, we're going to punish you. And and the only thing they had left to do to punish Grant was kill him because they couldn't file. They can't take you to court. They can't put you in jail. Right. And now Grant's 18. He pretty much has power that that Aaron did not want him to have. Grant was terrified. Two ways. um, Hannah speaks to this really well, but he did not want to turn 18. One reason he was, he lived a tormented inner life. Just freaking tormented because Aaron tried to make Grant like him, which is pedophilia. And Grant said, I'm not going to be you. I'm a man. And then Grant told me that was eighth grade. Grant said, it's on now. It's on. So, but Hannah, Hannah refers to, uh, and we heard the conversations too, but Grant did not want to turn 18 because he had lost his childhood. And now, and that was the marker for him that meant now you're going to be adult and it's gone forever. And he wanted to go back and get the years with his mom. Angie, I know. Because we were just like, he and I were just like bread and butter. He was so small. Just, he was so unique and different. And his intelligence is just, I mean, one of his friends said, what do you miss most? And this kid is just 20. And he said, all all the fun they had playing games and he said, I miss his wisdom because I could go ask him anything and he, he could help. But, um, sorry, I and take your time. The other reason that he didn't want to turn 18 oh. was because he was well aware that all the times he testified before, which he was not believed, which was an insult to him mm-hmm. because of how he carried himself and how he felt about it, that, that he thought that he would be believed as an adult. And, but he also knew that Aaron would know. Right. That now he now his testimony that he said as a child, if he says the same thing now changes. And then also Grant had planned when he turned 18 to get custody of full custody because, you know, I didn't have it on paper. Right. Right. Of Gracie. Full custody of Gracie because he was not going to take a baseball scholarship anywhere unless because he had to protect her unless he had custody of her. Now, just to. um there's a couple other gaps that I just want filled just about details from that day, if you don't mind, because 
I've got, I mean, now my, my brain is spinning with all of this, the backstory, which I'm, I'm grateful to have. And I do have a, a couple more questions about Aaron, I think, but that day that, you know, the nothing matched up. I say this, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, I detailed everything, everything he said on this 911 call about what happened to Grant did not match what Grant looked like when you got to the hospital. That's that's number one. Number two, nothing about this morning made sense in terms of at first, Grant supposedly was getting his equipment out of the bed of the truck, even though you and Gracie know he always keeps it in the back seat. Everyone and, knows that. Right. And then he changed his mind. And then and let me let me ask you, um, what was the purpose of this this meeting for the first time in two years at 845 before baseball? Yeah. Okay. So it was Aaron's idea. This was supposed to be a pro style pitching evaluation. Private. Okay. Okay. Private. Um, and Aaron is very bougie mm-hmm. because of his and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on Grant's baseball in bougie places. Okay. This looks like a dumpster with a door. It is, yes, it is undeveloped area of Gallatin. Uh, it was some destitute. institute or something? Ward Performance Institute. Ward Performance Institute. Okay. However, Grant did not want to go because, okay. because Grant played on. So Grant, not because, but Grant played on the best travel team in Tennessee, the uh, Southeast Ma- uh, Mad Mavericks. And they were playing. The, one of the so a couple of the boys got COVID. Then it went through the whole team. And then Grant got COVID. Okay. Okay, so uh, he couldn't go on the trip, but he was also having a re- really difficult residual problems with his lungs that we had, that I had took him for x-rays. He was under the care of two doctors. Okay. He had an inhaler and he had had x-rays on Friday to look at his lungs. They were very enlarged. And so the doctors were looking at maybe underlying asthma, not asthma that we think of that uh, chronic asthma that right, attacked right. You got but maybe yeah. it was just causing him not to get good air exchange just in general. Totally. So we were just, we were evaluating all this, but Grant didn't feel well still. He still had that COVID kind of hangover thing. Yeah. yeah, He yeah. also told his Aaron, he said he, he had promised a friend of his on that baseball team that he wouldn't go toward performance until they could, he could, that person could be there with him. Zuger. Now, let me ask you, Ward performance that morning, was this something that Aaron had to sign him up for? Yes. Yes. Did so, you ever confirm that Aaron did sign him up for this? Well, ironic. I'm glad you've asked that question because we've just had, and we have a recording of this. We Everything I do, I'm not recording you, but everything. No, I'm I, recording you. So I know, girl, yeah, I know. I know, girl. We've got a recording yeah. of this. That basically okay. was saying, yeah, but yeah. I record, honey, everything. And, um. We for, we fortunately had a person that used to work as a news re, a, a news investigator, print for print, a print paper locally, and he just happened to run into one of the employees there three months ago. That is the manager and is still the manager there. He sets up for these for everything that's going on during the day. So he was there that morning in the building setting up for the day, and when he came out, he saw cars parked horizontally in the parking lot. But when he came outside, he saw Aaron standing at the top of the ditch. And he and he said the first thing that struck him was, what is he doing here? Grant doesn't have an appointment today. 
Okay, this is really important. So, so who is, who is that manager? We'll just yeah, and we need to protect him because he is a very important. So witness. you don't, we don't want to but say you, his name right now. That's fine. No, Warden, I'll tell you his name, but you just put a little, you put a little thing around it saying, no, no, tell me, tell me after. I don't want to put it on here. I don't because, even want to. Just... Well, I'm afraid that someone will find out that Drew does know and it has talked a little bit and he'll be whacked. Uh, I mean, this is very, this is the thing is, Angie, this is very simple. Aaron's not a good criminal if he doesn't go through, you know, the, um, he's terrible. This is what I'm saying. This is not this, whoever this manager is, we don't have to say his full name, whatever. I mean, this is not rocket science here. Anybody could ask him and he could easily be like, no, he didn't sign up. He didn't sign up that morning. He said, I was so confused. And then he said, where's Grant? So he said this to who after? Aaron. No, no, no. Oh, who did oh, he say? Yes. Oh, who did the manager yeah, say Alex this to? Willis. Alex Willis. Alex Willis. Who's Alex Willis? Alex Willis used to be a reporter for the Williamson homepage. And so he, he already was, told he already told a reporter this. Said uh, so it's on record that he was surprised to see Aaron. He he said he was confused. He said I couldn't. Why is Aaron here? And then he had to ask him, say, Where is Grant here? Is Grant here? Because basically you didn't sign him up for. Well, but Aaron wasn't, wasn't saying Grant. Oh my God. Oh my God. And Grant's under the truck. He said, oh. Aaron was just walk pacing back and forth. And he said, is Grant here? And, and then what did Aaron say? He's under the truck. And was he supposedly on the phone with 911 when the manager came out to ask him? He wasn't him on this? yet. He wasn't on oh, yet? A time frame that could be anywhere because Life 360 is a little off sometimes. Mm. So we're between 7 to 14 minutes unaccounted for. Okay. 7 so to even 14 seven minutes, minutes unaccounted without, for. Even 7 minutes without... Um, it took 4 minutes for the paramedics to respond so that would be a total of 11 mm-hmm. 11 minutes with uh head trauma if you have someone doing cpr and i mean i talked to an er doctor the other day that's a dear friend of mine and i finally just broke the ice and brought it up good he said angie people survive basilar skull fractures all the time it's it's about he said it's about uh making sure the blood cpr is getting to the brain until we can get them to the hospital and start running all the tests. He said, that's all it is. And the reason Grant went into cardiac arrest is because no one was giving him CPR to help get to the the blood, to the brain. And so. um, Well, sorry. Can I I interrupt you again? Sorry. So the heart then goes. Oh, oh. Cardiac arrest. Now, just going back to the manager, I'm very, I'm very hung up on this because I just he, told, can't... he said some more things too. If you want to know, well, I, I do. I also would like to know: uh, Did he see these alleged three men? Yes, he did see the three men. So there were three men. Now, here's what I want to do. Oh no, uh, let me preface this, okay? Okay, so I have, I we've got the attorney here that's getting ready to file for Gracie okay. to be emancipated. And that allows Gracie to file her own lawsuits, emancipated okay. from Erin. She wants to change her name, and they're going to use that angle. 
Okay. That way, she's not 18 yet. This man's brilliant. I don't have to sign behind Gracie, which means Aaron can't use his defense that he's used every time, which is here's here's all these stacks of old court documents from Davidson County where she's mentally ill and she's right. right. So that's not it's Gracie against him. Okay. And the first person we're subpoenaing is Drew Hall. One for protection that I just told you his name. It's okay. Yeah. One for for protection of him Mm. to get him on the record, but also to get him to say these things under oath. So because he saw the men. So that's did see the men. So, so these three men, that's what drew his attention because you part, you part up like this next to the building. But there were cars horizontally in the parking lot. And he was, and so he saw it in the little peephole and he comes out and he saw three men get out of three different vehicles. And each one of them had on a um, construction vest. Uh, So I I guess this is where, so when you look up this case and you, uh, you start to do your research, on the surface, and, and even on the change.org, they describe these three men as basically fictitious men, right? That Aaron somehow made up. So this is very surprising to me that not only did somebody see the three men, but now it's almost like, did they help or did they hurt or did, or, and why? Right. The reason you haven't heard that yet is because okay. I have not talked. You have not talked. Right. So I'm talking now. So that's why people have people haven't heard because I didn't. uh, I started Freedom for Gracie Mm -hmm. because I knew they were going to take our voices away and someone had to speak for us while uh, we were silent or Gracie and I would never be together again. So I outthought them because I knew they were going to silence us. And Mm -hmm. so I. Gracie wanted Gracie said, Mom, release my video, we're gonna die. So I had a friend who started the Instagram page and released the video. We didn't know when that was happening. Yeah. And, and Freedom for Gracie became a whole other world that I was not involved in at all. Didn't see messages, couldn't get in. Yeah, yeah. Any of those things up until just recently. Did I get control? I just told him I wanted control. I saw, or- yeah, I saw. Now Sorry. Uh, so what Andy, I'm so yeah. so so up until that point, I have not spoken. No one has heard what I know, and this is what I know: is that Drew says yes, there were three men, and they had they had got out of three separate cars with construction vests, which also he was so confusing. And he said Aaron was then on the phone, and he assumed he was calling nine one one but he's not sure. And he said that Grant was under the truck. He said, you, he said, you could not see him at all unless you got all the way down and looked under. So going back to a little piece there, Aaron says over and over in those videos I did, I couldn't see him. I couldn't see him. I couldn't see him. But then he also tells us how he's laying about his blood, but he's not see him. But he couldn't see well, that's him. because he was down there before anybody else got there. Right. But Drew Hall says that he went inside to call the manager 
to tell him or the the owner. Okay. Tell him we got somebody stuck under a truck. Why? I have questions about that too. Drew, why didn't you just go ahead and pull Grant out? Because the truck wasn't on him. Why didn't you help so him? Drew, Drew never ran to go see Grant. He's thinking at this point, Grant's okay. He's just stuck. That's I better go. I better go Think, call the boss. Let me go call the boss because something's okay. about to happen here. And it's just, okay. Okay. But he came back out and Grant was beat to hell. Did Drew, Drew saw him? He went around to see him or? He got down again to see Grant and Grant was bleeding out both ears out his nose and he was just. He was in a daze, rolling his head back and forth. He he was trying to talk. This is per Drew. Did Drew tell the police this? No. The police didn't, didn't talk to Drew? They didn't talk to anyone there. The police arrived, did not talk to any witnesses. Let me go back. Day. Let me go back. So I have the in-depth, I have the police interview with Ty Wilson controlling the scene. And he's a very bad cop. But I also have that the breakdown, the more in-depth interview. And um, in that, there's a there was five officers that responded. And Ty Wilson was the last one that got there, which means you better get the hell over there because we got to cover this one up. But there is a female officer in these writings. We got this through FOIA. Mm-hmm. She says, I, like everybody was saying what they were getting ready to do. And her statement is, I am going to, I'm going to interview the witnesses. Okay. But there's nothing like, then she just disappears off of all everything else, which in my intuition tells me that Ty went, hey, you little, you little bitch threw it out. You, did you have happen to speak to her after or not yet? They won't talk to me. Uh, that police at Gallatin hung up on me and Ron Bandy, the, the chief won't. We tried every way in the world to get a meeting with him just for lunch. And he just kept ghosting us, ghosting us. We finally just Oh, said, Angie, this is, I have, I have a feeling things, like, your I'll, luck is about to change. Okay, I'll, get, I'll get you one day. Well, girl, I was going to dress up in a suit. I've already got it. And Gracie's got her suit and Hannah's got hers. Mm. And we, and we, we are, and I've got a pink purse, which is Grant's favorite color. He was like, because I'm Grant. Like we go like, why is your favorite color pink? And he's like, because I'm Grant. <laughs> gorgeous um, pink purse. And I said, you know, I'm just going to carry my pink bag for Grant in. And I'm going to knock on every one of these people, these damn people's doors. And I want them to have to look me in the face because everyone has avoided me. And then they all lawyered up. Well, let me let me just go back because I'm very fixated about these three men and why they disappeared. And where, only because I... I I mean, I've seen a lot of instances where somebody helps somebody and of course they stick around for when the police comes. Of course they want to see what happens. Like, aren't they also like, I mean, humanity. Okay. Just think about humanity in general. You're, if it's a stranger, you're trying to help them. Your adrenaline is pumping. A hundred percent. You're trying to push the truck over. For example, on the 911 call, that that's the whole call is too calm. He's, I mean, I could, I could tell Aaron's making the shit up because I know him, you know him now, but let me, the people, the people at the scene, like they're, sh- they should have been screaming. Oh my they God. They should have been screaming. 100%. He goes, he's coming too. He's coming too. It should have been, Oh my God, he's coming too. Oh my God. You know, do you think Angie, do you think there is a possibility that Aaron saw Drew see these three men. So Aaron said, okay, I'm going to use these three men because somebody already saw them. So I can't be a liar. 
And that way, maybe the three men went off to their construction job. Maybe they went on their merry way. I, I don't know where their ca- their cars were gone. Drew had seen their cars when he went out there. Then all of a sudden, by the time police got there, there was no car. They were gone. But they were gone by the time police got there. So Ty Wilson says, but that female officer says she's going to interview the witnesses. So, so were they there or were they gone? So nobody has the, the names of these, these three men, basically. To my knowledge, no. But I have a feeling that if that that's who she was talking about going to interview. You don't think she was talking about Drew? No. Well, if she was talking about Drew and Tyler, Tyler Mark also was inside. Because that's another- what I'm wondering. If that's me and I'm a cop, of course, Drew stepped well, outside. Okay. He's a witness. Okay, if they interviewed Drew and Tyler, then where are those interviews? That's what I want to know. And that's everything and that's- is buried. They what, okay. what they did was they wiped like all the police were four of them arrived. One of them was down trying to help Grant. Okay. okay that okay. those notes aren't there. There's no pictures. Okay, so I was already warned, Angie. So confused. When you when you send the FOIA request and when you sign for the photographs. Yeah. Uh, my friend detective that taught me how to get the kids back, right? Yeah. He said, don't look at them. Let Just send them to me because they'll be very, well, I'm, I'm in the medical field. You know what? I'm in the medical field. I can turn that on and off. I, I got it. See, right? Okay. They have no pictures of Grant under the truck. Was he pronounced dead at the hospital or on the scene? He was pronounced was he- dead at the hospital. And the reason was because of uh, the time that was spent without aid at the scene. The doctor's name is Kimberly. The pronouncing doctor's name is Kimberly. And I'm not sure how to pronounce the last, but it's P-L-O-R-D-E. She has messaged me on Facebook and she wants to talk. But the, but the hospital has lawyered up. But she said that she has never seen a father act so bizarre as that day is she will never forget it. Oh God. Okay. So this, so, the only so thing about that, this stuff, this stuff, unfortunately, like will be great for documentary purposes, but this type of shit, it's just, it's not going to matter so much. Like, you know, because it's, they're going right, to use well, the see, whole, everybody that, different, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Will, well, but that's somebody will subpoena. No, I think what she was talking about was how he was so quick. He quickly. So Grant was pronounced dead at 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, 928. Okay. And by 9.35, Aaron had filled out that whole paperwork, put his number down for Grant's number, which is a trick of his. So if any calls come to Grant, they'll come to Aaron's number. Yes. And then put, get this, the lady at the funeral home, who's also in on this corruption, put her number, cell number for Aaron's number. What? He probably told her to somehow. Yeah. And then signed away. uh, He was offered an autopsy. He said, no. He was offered the and this this is the nurse's writing. He was yeah. offered postmortem. Aaron said no. He was offered organ donation. They called Tennessee Organ Donor Society. He said no. And he and he signed his body away to Williamson County Williamson Memorial, uh, Williamson Memorial Funeral Home, all in seven minutes. Yeah, I mean, so I, when I heard that, and I, they I didn't was... know there was a mother. <sighs> I mean. Right there again. I, I I can say everybody grieves differently. X Y Z. However, this is a freak accident. Number one, I, I would be like this. Aaron shed a tear. 
I would, I mean, again, they're going to say everyone grieves different. However, he's Ted Bundy. I would be a basket case, not knowing my ass from my elbow, excuse my language, let alone how do I, Girl, I would be down there my- under that with him praying, screaming, Same. hang on, hear my voice. You're fine, fine, reassuring. And, and, and if, if it, I tell you, you know, they talk about a mother's strength. Yes, yes. Could have knocked that truck off of him. But they also no, said the Angie. weight of the truck wasn't on him. And the paramedics that first arrived said that they uh, that they almost just put their hands under his uh, shoulders and pulled him out. It, but but because they already had the jack under the, the yeah. hydraulic jack, they went ahead and jacked it and took him out the side. And it was when they shifted him that he went into cardiac arrest. Now, but how do you fill out paperwork at the hospital? I uh, listen. I a hundred percent agree with you. My my hands wouldn't work. My hands truly wouldn't work. But I, I am what my address was. I am confused at the about the autopsy and the post mortem because I thought that's how they determine a cause of death is by doing an autopsy. So they just chose to say, okay, cause of death is heart failure due to blunt force trauma to the head case closed. And so you do not have the right to, since he already signed, you didn't have the right to say, Hey, wait, wait, I I want an autopsy. I want, I wasn't thinking about paperwork that day. Of course not. And I was the one to tell all of a sudden I went from being this monster with multiple horns and spot. Yeah. yeah, leprosy to the God. Like he, he was like, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. So I was the one I said, Gracie comes in first. I was the one that told her. And then I was the one that told Hannah. And then I was the one that told when. And so I was hailing everything. And, and while I'm doing that, even as we're going back to our house, because Grant was starting to get, we stayed there within three hours, but he was starting to get rigor mortis. And I really didn't want Gracie to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So we left, which also seems strange. Like, why did I leave him? I don't know. But, but, but we left, I was just in another state, but I did ask Aaron that I said, did they offer you an autopsy? Mm-hmm. No, no. Oh, he lied. Okay. I said they didn't. And he lied to me until September 26th. And by then I already had the paperwork. So Angie, from July, from July to September, let's say already, I want to know when you started becoming suspicious of, it was immediately because he had told you what happened and then you got there and you're like, Grant doesn't seem like he was crushed by tires or. Okay. So the first thing he told me, uh, so let me go, so let me go back into Mm -hmm. that day. That day I, I was on the treadmill and Aaron called. He never calls. He requires text only. And so I um, I answered the phone and I just immediately said, oh, my God, is it Grant? And I hear in the oh background gosh. men screaming at Aaron. They're in a building and they're screaming at him. And Man. I said, who is yelling at you? Police officers. And they were saying, you're not going anywhere. You're not in like. You're not going with your son. You're coming with us. So they were onto him. What? You yes. heard that while he called you? There's a witness. That one of those employees was in there, like on the other side of the room, listening from the oppo side. You mean one so, of the Ward Institute employees, you're saying? 
So he verified that you're coming with us. And they're yelling at him. And then I said, Aaron, everybody can calm down because y'all, you're all yelling is keeping me from my son. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you take him? I'm thinking Vanderbilt because everyone goes to Vanderbilt. Everyone goes to Vanderbilt. Okay. As a where did, where did they for take base, him? Where did, for baseball, you're saying for baseball. Well, for injury because oh, sorry. Oh, you're talking the hospital. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, one of the I said, please tell them it's his mother. And he, Greg and Aaron goes, sorry, he goes, it's his mother. She needs. She's an hour away. He knew that right off the top of his head. She needs to know. And one of the one of the officers in the back yelled out, "Sumner Regional." And so I just throw the phone down, and I take off, and then. The, the one of the employees said a call came in and they took the call and they let Aaron go. Okay. So, but you they should... also made him fill out the statement about what happened at the scene, which is not police. Normally in this situation, they bring they them in fill it out at the hospital or whatever. Correct. Or you go but to they the made police him station. Out there, so they were onto him. Um, but what Aaron told, he called me back. And what he told me was that the truck had flipped. So like flipped over on Grant and Grant was like stuck like this pelvis down, um, hemorrhaging out the mouth, talking to paramedics, but it somehow flipped on him in the ditch. Okay. That's the story I was told. Sorry, and went the truck it. ended up flipping on him in while he was in the ditch. That's what it ran. So it ran him over backwards and then flip what well, he the- didn't even talk about the dragging or the ro- rolling. He didn't even mention that. Let's also make a note to an- anyone listening that when you looked at Grant's body, there was n- no traces of burn from a vehicle, no. asphalt. There's no debris. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. that would match that he was dragged. Well, as and Aaron stated. Grant okay. would not have allowed, he was six four two ten and a rock. He would not have allowed a truck to drive him. He would have fought that truck. He would have won. Angie, I'm telling you, this whole, the whole thing from start to finish when you, when you watch your videos or or whatever, you know, and you see what he said happened, nothing makes sense because nothing. nothing. what, What about when he said I tried to commit suicide? What did the nurse say? Everything he's saying can't be true. Right. He always screws up the medical part of these things. He always does. After he's tried to kill someone or kill someone, I don't think Grant was the first. After he has tried or tried, then he gets, he can't, the the medical pieces, he gets all mixed up. Listen, he doesn't, I'm going to go a, out on a limb and say something. Uh, from what you told me when he had these episodes, you know, where he would come very close to killing you, all of a sudden snap out of it. To me, it sounds like that's what happened. Um, and again, I'm not for legal reasons, you know, I'm, this isn't, this is not me pointing fingers and saying you're a murderer. Um, but I, yes, but, um, it, it sounds like he was having an episode. He kind of blacked out and this is all he could come up with. Well, and you know, he could have already been angry. Uh, sometimes those episodes would last a long time. So he could have been angry about something else for days steaming. And if not knocked out of that, he's still like, like, for example, Friday, Grant said, I don't want to go. This is a waste of money. Why are we going to this pitching 
evaluation that costs like $2,000 when I don't even have full lung capacity. I don't have 100% go. I don't want to be evaluated um, and not be 100%. And Grant was 18 for one month, you had said. And he texted Aaron and he got no response, which means Aaron's pissed. But sorry. And and Aaron had an inkling that he knew that Grant was going to go to the courts and try to get full custody of Gracie or... Um, I, we believe that he like fully knew you believe he fully knew. How do you think he fully knew? Well, he has ways like, um, there were times when we thought our phones were tapped and we had to change, we've had to change carriers three or four times. Um, you have to get, you really have to get proof of this to get, you know what I'm saying? Because this is all circumstance. Right. But right. But really for Really, for how would he know? It could just be by osmosis. You know, the kids talk, and then one kid that's kind of chummy with Aaron, you know, tells him and doesn't realize that, oh, you know, I just gave away motive for, you know. But also, when Grant went to talk to Steve Berger. Who is that, uh, Steve Berger? Pat, that, I don't call him Pat, but he calls himself the pastor at Grace Chapel. Okay, yes, Somebody, I had somebody... um, message me and say, make sure she gets it. Grace Chapel. Oh so yeah, I know. I, I said it Grace girl, Church. No, Sorry. but yeah, they yeah, have, yeah. No, I don't care. But Grace they, Chapel. They're, yes. They're so passionate about that. Yeah. But um when he went to talk to him, he went and told him everything. You know, and then Steve Berger says over his casket, he came to talk to him about Jesus. And me and Gracie and Hannah almost all jumped up and screamed, you liar. Yeah, but we yeah. sat back down in in Gracie's video. She does say, "See, Burger lied over my brother's coffin," but Grant may have told uh-huh. him. And, and he, he, so and we that, don't we don't know, but we have a feeling. I, but um, I will say this: I will say this mm-hmm. that if he if he was already angry, uh, Sunday night, Grant asked me to text him not to come. And I joked with Grant and said, buddy, you're going to have to start to use your voice with, with Aaron like Gracie does. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Big. And we joked yeah. about and laughed. And I said, but I'll do it. And so I texted Aaron and said, Grant wants to go alone tomorrow. He's okay. a man now. He doesn't, because Aaron would go to every practice. He would insert himself. Mm-hmm. And Grant could, Grant found a way to be his own man. But it was difficult because his dad is hiding and lurking at every practice and then afterward, he tries to catch him yeah. and talk to him. Yeah, so yeah, just, yeah. Right. So so I will say that he was angry and he would not respond to us. And I I texted him that Friday night and said, look, I'm just going to put it on record that if you do this extra pro style. Uh, yeah, evaluation. Grant on, on Monday morning, um, you're playing with fire. And I do not support this at all. So he's pissed because he does. He's not answering our. When he doesn't answer the text, he he's unlike what you say. He's dismissing you. So you have records of these texts. You saying he doesn't want to go. He doesn't have want me to go. Saying, yeah, I have Grant saying I don't want to go. And so Grant ends up going. Obviously, and his dad meets him there. Now, again, well, this was in that night. I told him Grant wants to be is a man now, and I knew that would irritate him. He doesn't want you there for the workout. Um, no response. We knew he was angry. The next morning, though, Stan Grant was, you know, he's always so happy and bubbly and he ate his breakfast and he's 
getting ready to head out the door and he's, I love you, mom. And, but then he stopped in the doorway and says, mom, I don't want to die in Gallatin. And that was something I never, ever in my life thought that I would hear. And I went over and I said, "What? we're not going. That's it. He goes, no, no, no. You know how dad is. Like when he says you're going to be somewhere, you have to be there. No, we're not going. I said, no, you're not going. I, what are you worried about? And so I was hyperventilating probably. I was really worried about Grant. And I said, and when he sees me like that, he always says things to calm me down. And I, and he said, uh, Oh, it's my lungs, my lungs. And I was like, well, then I'm going, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go sit in the car. He's like, no, you're not. It'll be a three hour workout. I was like, I could play on my phone for three hours. No. And he he manned up on me gently, but it was, it was really actually a beautiful thing to see. It was just a real man just popped up and was just like, mom, you're not going. So I believe that something had happened Things have been getting tense between them and Grant had made it clear that he was not going to go through with Aaron's plans for baseball. He was going to do live his life the way he wanted to. Things were getting more and more intense between them in that one month. I guess, but and, why did he decide? Like, why after two years was Aaron like, I want, you know what, meet me here. I want to get your, you know, you're evaluated for, for pitching or whatever. I, and, and he, I don't know. And he had COVID and he he just kept saying, I think that you need to, we need to make the most of this time that you're not with your baseball uh, team in Georgia. But see, you know what that also meant? Mm-hmm. That also meant that some of the those team members that worked out at that facility, they won't be there. Everybody was in Georgia. So the okay. so the, the crowd that was usually there working out in the morning that would know Grant, kind of like at the baseball park, yeah. Grant would be for five or 10 minutes, no one would be there. They're all in Georgia competing. So it was, okay. it was yeah, so... And you said to do this evaluation, it would cost like $2,000 or more or more. And for whatever reason, the manager, Drew, was very surprised to see Grant there that day. And I would think that to plan something of of this nature that is so expensive and so, you know, that you would really have to do some planning here. Some well, he, has to, he has to stage the workout room, the pitching room. Right. The and, and he, he had no idea. And this is something, again, if you're going to, Oh, like, and, this is like a, oh, oh, the sorry, first thing Aaron said to him was, Oh, we've got an appointment today. We've got an appointment. To and Grant. Drew, and oh, Drew, to Drew. Oh, 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 Oh. So he immediately, just like on the nine one one call was trying to convince Drew that they had a reason to be there. And, and, uh, but I, but I want to go back to the rage piece. Yeah. Okay. So, so do I, have I considered that he had, like, at one point he says, he tells several different stories, but one of the stories is that he passed Grant. Grant passed him on the road. That I'm was, sorry, who, who is this? At one point, Aaron says in the video, oh, okay. he says that, um, Grant passed him. That would be enough to send him in a rage. You don't pass him. Yes. So, I mean, this is a, yes. So, or was it something else, but, or did he come in that mode? However, if we listen to the 911 call, mm-hmm. Aaron says, I've got three men here. He doesn't say there's three people here or there's three strangers I've here. I've got there's- three men here. Yes, I've got three men. That means that he 
it's like I, do, I relate it's like a painter. I've got three painters here with me. Like I've got them here. Like I brought them that yeah. we're together. I, like I've got them here. That's what Aaron was doing. Yeah. Now yeah. I do want to say this. I think it's very important to, to say that the counselor that I've mentioned several times, she was on the stand after when we were helping, she was helping very much to keep Gracie out of Aaron's grips. Mm-hmm. And she came and testified and they asked her, did she believe that Aaron was capable of killing Grant? And her response, and we have transcript of this as well. Okay. But I'm paraphrasing right now, but mm-hmm. she, her response was something like, I would really hate to believe, to think that Aaron would kill Grant, but I have seen his uh, spontaneous impulsive rages myself. And just what I've seen, so I don't know what she saw or what what caused them, but she said just with what I've seen, if he was in that state of mind, yes, he would have killed Grant. So the possibility is out there, yes, that he snapped into it and did it and then panicked trying to cover it up. But he had too much help, Lauren. He had... uh and I yeah. want to get, I do want to get to that because that is something that really needs to be addressed. But he before- knew how to plan a funeral. He knew how to do the hospital work. He knew he all knew of it. those things. And while I was just going back and forth and then sitting with Grant, he was out there booking, um, trying to get Vince, he, Vince Gill to sing at the service. I mean, uh, again, like I said, this, this I behavior love is. Oh, I have nothing against Vince that I've, I've known him for years. So he's sweet as he can be, but. Is not the day that you're trying to connect with him to correct. No, I mean, th- let's be clear. This this behavior is incredibly bizarre. There is no denying that. In your mind, or or from what you have gathered from um, you know, the lacerations on Grant's body, everything that you saw, the fact that his baseball bat was missing, I mean, or out of place, the fact that, you know, nobody tested that. I mean, do is is like this baseball bat, is it in evidence somewhere? Do you have it? Can you put a blue light on it for blood? Like where where we are both, we with that? I sent everything. I, uh, you know, the hat was in the ditch. Uh, Grant had his shoes and socks on, which were pristine, as pristine as they left the house, brand new. With And his socks were white as I bleach his yeah. socks, right? So they were just as white as when he left the house. The goggles, the phone you mentioned, I think on one of the TikToks I listened to, uh, and the hat were left in the ditch. All of those things, including the bats in the back, have gone to a forensic center um, at, where they can do expert testimony. I've had everything scanned, including uh, the truck, you know, because I found the truck yeah. and got yeah. bought it. So we had the truck looked at. And uh, but there but there's one bat missing. And so and that oh, bat is- there's a bat missing from his equipment that he usually has. Well, it's actually not from his equipment that he usually has. It's another one of those odd moments where I'm just in total grief and he's planning what's going to be on the stage at the memorial at at the church. Yeah. And he he sends me a list of every item that will be on display at the church. And he he lists Grant's five adult bats, which would have been what was Grant laying in what would have been in Grant's bag in the back of his uh, vehicle. But he also says that he's bringing two aluminum nine U bats to the service. 
And I'm like, what? Why are you no. bringing two nine U bats? And then it struck. Then one of them disappeared. So when that when everything came back to me, he said everything's coming back to you. When everything came back to me, the bat. Oh, that, you're the saying thing. one of the two bats that he said. I mean, that could be explained. Like, oh, he wanted to keep a bat for. Well, just he for the purpose. And why would he want to use a nine U? I don't know what a nine U is. What is a that? Nine U is a nine year old. Why would he oh, want to use oh. a bat? Why or what about a 10 year old bat or 11 year old bat or an eight year old bat? Or it, um, and then another thing that was uh you know, there, there's a couple of points. One in the video where I you can tell he's telling the truth, and uh it's when I ask him, was he laying like this? And he's like, No, 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 no. He was laying kind of like this with his head on a pillow and his hands like this. And the hair just stood up on my neck. I thought, because obviously you saw him and that's how the paramedics found his hands. Like this? Like this. And that's called a remorse kill. That's a psychopath. If you look at there's remorse kill and then there's uh remorse. And then what's the other one? But anyway, it's a remorse kill. It's where you put them in a comfortable position. So he, so the same thing happened here at the house, right here where I'm sitting at the, the doorway of this bedroom. Mm-hmm. He wanted to see who famous had sent flowers. He just could not get this off his mind. So we we made an agreement. My friend Melanie said, okay, fine. You bring the truck out to WPI tomorrow, which would have been Tuesday after Grant passed. And she said, uh, the week after Grant passed. And she said, and then you can come to Angie's house after that, and you can go through the flowers. So he was like, okay. He so wanted he to go drive. through the. <laughs> he the didn't f- just go through them. He made pictures of the cards and the arrangement so he could send thank you notes to everybody. Yeah, that's so weird. But however, while he was here, he asked me, did you ever find that pine tar bat of Grant's, which was the big, It's that's called a fungo bat. They use it. It's, it's, I mean, it's the ugliest bat in the whole, in anyone's okay. stack. Okay. And it's the one that's used for batting practice and fungo. It's all beat to heck, but that's the grant the bat that Grant batted with because Grant didn't want to go out with a flashy bat. He wanted to go out with an old beat up. And you so, are telling me that bat is missing? No. So I said oh. so it was, and I couldn't find it, and it had gotten back to Aaron. I, now, mind you, I I had open communication with him until I got everything I needed from him, and then I we, we shut it off. Right. So uh, he's in standing in the house. And I said, yeah, I found that pine tar bat. I keep it right here. If anybody breaks in this house, I'm going to knock their head off. Yeah. Yeah. That went right over his head that I was talking about him. (laughs) And he said, but do you have any, do you have one? Do you have that other nine you bat? And I went, yeah. He's like, it's in, in Grant's room. I said, yeah. He said, well, let me tell you something. He said, go get it. So I went and got the other one and he holds it in his hand. And again, he goes into this phase. You can tell he's telling the truth. And he says, now, if you want to kill somebody, you hit them with this because it's metal. And he said, also, you have clearance. So he did like this to the door facing. And he showed me that you like with a longer adult bat. Pardon me to all the baseball players out there. It says she's saying that totally wrong. But with the regulations, the regulation yeah. size. Yeah. 
you don't have clearance because it hits. He said, look, it hits, the, but with the nine you bat, it's short. And he said, you can come down on a man's head and kill him with this thing. And I and the hair stood up on the back of my neck again, and I knew that's what he had used. So Angie, you believe I, I guarantee you, you believe he hat. knocked Grant out, and then with one, let's say one hit that matched two hits. Okay, one here, one to his jaw. That because when I got to the hospital, the only thing Grant was perfect, like he just got out of the shower. I do want to say that the bruises on Grant's hips and thigh—that's mm-hmm. sliding bruises from baseball. Wow. Okay. Um, Because I saw everything except I respected his private area, but I I took the sheet off and I looked at that where he has those scars, bruises, whatever you want to call them during baseball season. That's just a, uh, that's just a a strawberry that opens up over and over and over and over again. Right. Right. So that's what that was. And I saw them, but um, he had not a mark fingers, hands, everything. Perfect. The only thing was the back of the head. And so but his um, jaw, it, um, his we we didn't have the goggles yet. But when the when you get he got hit in the eye a couple times playing basketball. When yeah. you get hit in the, eye, the that goggle is made that Oakley is made to pop out to protect the eye yeah. from the lens. And you could tell he'd gotten hit here, and then when we got the goggles back, sure enough, that lens was popped out. So he had a little teeny mark here that the Oakley glass will leave when it gets hit to the skin and popped out mm-hmm. and then his jaw looked it he looked perfect but it just looked uh like it like he had been sucker punched and his okay. bottom his bottom teeth on that same side because they still had the they still had him prep for the ventilator that never got turned on okay so his mouth is open and the yeah. bottom teeth on that left side were laid over and that is uh, like a boxer who gets hit. I was just thinking that. Now, so I believe he got cold cocked or hit from behind with the bat. Never saw it coming. And then the glasses get knocked off. Grant can't see three feet without the glasses. But also, he's in a daze. It may have even knocked him out at some point. And then I believe the other. So then I believe he fell back into the ditch. And at that point, he they just roll him over. This ditch is as tall as I am, so I'm five five. If I stand in the bottom of it, you you can't see me. Right. So right. The pictures don't do it justice. So he's in a deep ditch. They roll it over and come across the back of the head with the same bat. I think it was two licks, one bat. And do I think Aaron did it? Yes. And then do, you do see I think my... the men helped? Do I think the men were there Possibly. to help clean it up? Yes. Do I think the next week that people from Grace Chapel and from um, people that the people from Grace Chapel were out there cleaning up with the police and cleaning up. I, as a matter of fact, I know they were because some of them told me um, they, they tried very, very hard to convince me that Grant's injuries matched the accident. And I, they do not. Well, they, 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 they obviously, it doesn't take, I mean, honestly, Angie, it's like, again, I read this and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I guess I was thinking the same as you back of the head once my initial thought was he falls into the ditch because that's sort of where he's hit. I took that as maybe he gets hit again. They flip him over and they take the car out of park and then shoom, there you go. See, yes. And Live 360 can be a bit off, mm-hmm. but I called the company. Okay. And his truck was never at the top of the hill part. It was never up there part by Aaron. It was on, on the side of okay. one of them. Okay. So 
something tells me that we also have a witness that says they saw a car on the hill to go up to WPI the, on the entrance. Okay. Walking the entrance with the hood up and a man under it. So if that Grant pulled up and somebody that, that he knows mm-hmm. that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, he said, they said it was a gray haired man. Um, or if somebody's in trouble, Grant's going to stop. Now, Grant has PTSD, so he's also going to have a minute of freeze. Like, whoa, yes. this is off, especially of if it was somebody he knew. And then he's going to go like, oh, wait a minute. And he's going to get out. And at that moment, his truck blocks the view from 109. Mm. So he's on this side of that truck. And that's why the goggles were actually found. The lenses and the goggles were actually laying in the grass beside the sidewalk. And you can see them in the police photos. So everything was in the ditch. And and also, Aaron went back on his word. He told the police initially, and you, Grant was getting his stuff out of the bed of the truck. And then he went back and said, oh, no, his stuff was in. Now, to me, that's very conflicting. And that that in itself deserves more questioning. But, Angie, I'm trying to figure out, I guess, um, money-wise. Now, Aaron was a prominent figure when he was a news anchor and he was a sports anchor, you know, et cetera. Now he works as a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch. Generally, financial advisors do very well for themselves. I don't know his his parents, if they have money and power. I don't. Okay, fine. That's, that's a no. Uh, they live off of his money. Mm-hmm. Okay. As far as his aunt goes, you said that money was basically squandered when he was trying to take you to court. All of well, these years. That was millions and millions. That could have been either anywhere between five to 14 million. And Aaron is also, his wealth has increased. So he's doing something. So Aaron, so this is it. This is the thing. Also, when you get money like that, right? You don't just get the money in your bank account. You disperse that, you know, as you will into a trust, maybe, you know, with a it Goldman can, stock account, can, whatever. Yes. So it can appreciate. So so Aaron has money. We have to figure out exactly how much. And then, you know, at this point, I'm looking at I'm looking at the um the Grace Christian School, right? Or Grace Christian you said Academy. That about donors last night, I went. Oh, did I, well when I said that? Did I say that? Yeah. So I don't know if I said it out loud, but I'm going on the site and I'm like looking for the donors. So all they have on the site is big company donors. I have a call into the school to get a list of individual ones. Um, listen, they're again, if, if they are protecting Aaron, I don't see how I'm going to get it. I got to find like a nice, sweet woman, you know, old lady that works there to kind of like, uh, whatever. I know I'm saying this out loud. Hopefully they don't listen, but it's really important that we figure out what these people, why they're protecting him so much. How much money is he giving? What does he have on them? This is crazy that even the police, and again, this is local police, right? This is not state Stadiums, no, I'm, I'm assuming. This, Local. This happened. We're in Williamson County now. We we reside here. This happened in Sumner County, an hour away from here. Okay. But it was just the local Gallatin Police Department. Local. Exactly. So we have to figure out, you know, exactly where it's it's the money trail. Because Aaron clearly at this point, if it's a small town. And I would say most people know the history of your family, right? In in a and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You are in one small town. 
normally all of the neighboring towns possibly would hear about, oh, the Solomon drama. Oh my gosh, those yeah, kids have been the, dragged. The Solomon case and, you know, and oh, how sad it is that Angie is, it, it went from mentally suicidal and they made that a bad thing mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. mentally ill. And when that didn't work, I became a drug addict for them. I mean, so everybody is just so, they're so sad. It was so bad that Angie was all these things when I was just like I am right now. Yeah. Well, and that's, you actually nailed it. It's so crazy because in 2023, people would be quote unquote canceled for treating a supposed suicidal woman like she was the fucking black sheep of her family and, and putting it normally, it's like everybody would come to her and say, Oh my gosh, let's get you help. Let's get you therapy. We're going to surround you by love and this and that. Because clearly you would be a danger to yourself, not really a danger to others. The last thing you would do is take the children away. Correct. If someone's suicidal. Right. Right. None of this, none of this makes sense. Like at all. Um, It was all all a smokescreen, including the divorce. And I should go back and tell you that, um, we've had we've had additional women who've come forward, and they too were, have been roofied and raped by Aaron. And I'm okay. one. Of- so you have you so have I, women I, that are willing to go on record and say this. They're not ready to go on. They're not they're not ready to go to speak or be on video. And I respect that. Of course. I, oh my gosh. Yes. I have of a course. statement from one of them. Angie, are any of them underage? Uh. One of them was six years old when he, and now oh. she's a former Miss Tennessee. I'm sorry. She was six years old? And her mother didn't believe her because she was dating Aaron. We were married, but she was dating Aaron. And her mother you said didn't she was six years old. 16 or six? Six years. She's six years old and she was a beauty pageant contestant. She's now a former Miss Oh, Tennessee. sorry. Her mother was dating Aaron. I'm sorry. Yeah, while he was married sorry. to me. Oh, oh, shit. So he was having an affair with this beauty. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but, but when she told me that I knew immediately because I remember how excited he was when he got to judge the beauty pageants as a celebrity judge for Channel 4. Okay. Sorry. I am. So this, to me, I'm getting very hot and sweaty and worked up because I don't, I don't take well to the pedophilia stuff like at all. Um, Tell me either. And yeah, I, which is why when you I mentioned out, then I find out years later, I didn't put it together. I just knew I'd put I felt like I had put myself in the position to be raped. So I punished myself for years. I never told Grant that's how he got here. And then wow. I was my dad, my dad um is an elder in the Church of Christ and said and told it was behind my back, but they he and Aaron were buddies, I guess, and maybe he even sent Aaron. I don't know, but he said it would make me look bad if she, because I was going to raise Grant on my own, and he said it'll make me look bad if. Uh, Sounds she, like it's old school corrupt Christian corruption, and I, so, I'm, you know, for me to say that I'm a Christian, but I can obviously well, I see. Too. Yeah, well, he, I can obviously he, see. He that. said, "You'll marry him, or I'll kill you." So I did. I thought, but it was years after that that I realized. Wait mm-hmm. a minute. He brought me a diet Mountain Dew that night. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I just, I was asleep. I didn't, I did feel out of body, like drugged, but it took me a while to go, wait a minute. Mm. He brought me my favorite drink, which is a diet Mountain Dew, which is great. We, we didn't go on a date. 
You just go to a Titans game and stand on the field and be, you know, be like, not, I love sports. It's awesome. Cool. You can be a channel four person, but he got me that night. And I blamed myself for since. So so I'm 53. I blame myself for 21 years and for putting myself in that position until I talked to the woman who is actually my age. She was 19 at the time. And she said, I put myself in that position and I've not been able to forgive myself. I'm like, wait a minute. He prayed on you. Mm -hmm. And then I real, and then she says, he prayed on you. And that was on you, Angie. That's when I gave myself forgiveness. And so did she, and it healed. It was really healing for us to talk to each other. I think it's so important. She's given a statement. Um, they can be this, read. She's also ready to talk or talk in print. Um, she, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to get her information. And I know after. there's more than that. Yeah, so. I mean, listen, I I have a feeling this is just the beginning, and and I told you, I plan on reaching out to Aaron. I I would like to hear what he has to say. I guarantee he won't speak because of I know that he had a defamation lawsuit against you and Gracie, but that was thrown out by the courts, which is amazing. But yeah. No, but I, I, I mean, he, he, the thing is he shouldn't talk at this point. All of this is so incriminating. All you need here is substantial proof for the FBI um, to take this case over because at this point, the local police is not going to help you. That is not at all. I don't believe the TBI will either. I, I actually agree with you. So I think at this point you need multiple people to come forward with with proof if if so and then they can start to really look into him look into you know get, get a warrant look for drugs look for this ghp look for a baseball bat look for anything get Peter him devices. evaluated get this man evaluated at at this time because not only does he clearly have this narcissistic personality disorder but he also quite possibly is very mentally unstable going in and out of these episodes. I'm not a doctor. I am not diagnosing this. No, but-, but the, the, uh, the woman that, that I've become friends with that mm. this happened to both of us, she uh, remembers a pillow over her head. He tried to smother her. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, many- why would all these people, Angie, I be out to get him? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would they all make this up? These, like they, both of these people that have, both of the people that I've, that I've spoken to, that have come forward are very credible, have done wonderful things with their lives. Mm. Um, and they've just buried this until they saw Gracie. And I don't, I don't think that's everyone. Um, I don't know how many people didn't make it, but I'll also tell you that right now, while no one is doing anything, he's, yeah. he's on. Um, is it 10? He's on, it's Tinder. He's on Tinder recruiting women right now. And they, they have messaged me and said, Oh my God, thank you. You saved my life because, um, he's a dangerous man because uh, they, and they offer, he, he, he offers them straight up. He tells them that he's got two children, both living and, and then screenshot this and send it to you. I mean, that's not a crime, but it's fucking weird. I mean, like, I don't, they may have. Yeah, keep that because that's odd. Well, I keep everything. I yeah. keep everything. It's, it's obviously but, not a crime, but it's so fucking odd. No, that... but then the first thing he asks is, will you meet me at, and it's like a swanky hotel bar for drinks. Dude, he's he is probably doing well for himself. Like I said, something really though, Angie, that I'm really, I'm 
I'm so disturbed by Jacques Cabell, or however you say this magistrate's name. I had to just look it up again. That's that is if you you do something very very important. I really think is to find that transcript of Grant saying, "I am scared to go back to my father because I think I got he got it right here at that." And then he's alone with his father. I still it's it's all circumstantial. I know, but this to me. We got to, we got to put this out there. So I'm going to wrap this up. So I'm going to put this into two parts. Um, but, but I want to, again, end this with, there was one thing you asked me. Yes. Let me make sure earlier. Yes. You have a list of your questions that you, I I had, well, I did. I had, um, yeah, I wanted to know what I needed cleared up was how were Gracie's claims of abuse substantiated, which you clarified in a different district. Um, I wanted to know how did Aaron get custody of the mm-hmm. kids in the first place, which was a very layered uh, corruption documented detail. Yeah, that was very, um, yeah. And how it was possible that he did this. And then um, the biggest thing for me, which again, to me is this is action, right? I, I want to take, I want this. I don't want to just cover this for you, right? I want to take. Thank you. No, yeah, of course, but no, but this is for everybody listening. We need to take action, so we need to raise this money. So again, the GoFundMe. I hate to say, I hate to say that I am a pharmacist. I'm a pharmacy manager. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a single mom. I do not. He does not offer child support. I'm not going there. We're we're scared of him. I don't want to be attached to him, but but I also. I don't want his fucking money. You're going yeah. to bleed. No, it's want, okay. No, it's fine. I don't want his money. Gracie and I want to do what we're doing on our own. But I give every penny I have. I would sell everything in this house. I have already started selling things to make sure that I can build a, um, I've got the, I've got, we already have the person retained that Good. can do everything for us. He, we've already gone through the list of exhumation, accident reconstruction. All of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the GoFundMe, it's got to be so padded. The the money's got to be so padded that the that this attorney always feels like he can do exactly what he wants to do, rather than well, well, they might not have the because no, we have I, a great, I we have a great um, we have a great agreement. I paid a, a small retainer, and then he's going to. And in civil suit, there'll be money from Aaron. But yeah, sorry to interrupt you. But in the meantime, I cover, I prompt, I said I would cover these other things that come up that we need to do, including uh, just like, for example, a transcriptionist or court reporter for every time um, we bring bring someone in for deposition, that costs money. And if we fight, have to fight with him at all, uh, someone, paid for Grant's plot and the entire funeral, uh, entire, what do they call it? Celebration of life was a yeah, funeral. Right. Right. But they paid for the whole thing, like $24,000. And then they gifted Grant's plot to Aaron. So in his mind that that was, but in his mind, in, in Aaron's mind, he believes he, he owned Grant here. He called them his possessions and he owns him now. But according to the state of Tennessee, we own like each or half and half. Like when a child dies, right? uh, each parent owns half. So if we had to fight it, if we had to argue, then we do have, can we get it 
uh, can we win that argument? Yes, because Grant lived with me. Well, I also was just, this just crossed my mind as you're speaking. Did he have uh, life insurance that he took out on Grant? We, went, that's what we also wonder on that because he was a financial advisor and he knew everything. And also- Wouldn't the- you know that though? Wouldn't you be able to get that information very easily as it's your son and you- How would I? If he I don't a- know. I guess I don't know, but how I feel like it's- he could speak to, you know, he maybe do you not do you know of any attorneys that that Aaron works with that he might have set this up because you have to do this through an attorney, you know, the life insurance. They have to did Grant ever mention to you that maybe he went through some kind of physical that's what I was wondering like if, you know, if possible for Aaron as a motive not only to protect himself but would he also get some money out of this to be able to pay I do believe people that. off like and policy so, and crazy. Right. So that's something that, you know, should probably be looked into. He never, he never really got to be a full fledged kind of a, you know, help you out here little deal to give him a job at Merrill Lynch because he uh, has so many bankruptcies. He has a bankruptcy on his record. Oh, Aaron does. Yeah. Yeah. So what he was, was basically the, the paper guy and the entertainment guy at night. But however, he's, Mm -hmm. he has passed the courses. So therefore he does know, So this is, I mean, at this point, this GoFundMe, and I'm going to say like for Sandy Smith, Stephen Smith, they were able to, like I said, raise a hundred grand to do this. So this is super important because the more money you raise, not only can you get these answers, but here's the thing, Angie, if Aaron is innocent, he will not fight you on this. You know what I'm saying? Everything everyone has said, and I agree. Why wouldn't he want to know what happened to Grant? I don't know. And that to why me is like, why, why would they, you? F- like the minute that Gracie and I wanted to know what happened to Grant, that was what it was. I wanted to get back to just briefly. Yeah. yeah. Out. Um, but uh, the minute Gracie and I started and then friends and everyone it started to grow, what happened to Grant? There was this faction of people that have power, position and control mm-hmm. and people maybe worship those people that just became angry at us, like enough to throw spades. Oh just my God. Because, but yeah. you know what? That, that was a red flag to me. Like, why wouldn't a child it's is weird. Dying? It's weird. You want to know what happened? Uh, why you would you, think. Why are you, you hating on us? And you know what? Maybe it's to the point where you say, okay, Aaron, you know, you, you do your thing. You say, okay, we'll lay off you. We're not going to say that you did it anymore. We just want to know what happened. That's so if you what don't, if you don't mind, just move aside and let us I, do I this. Wanna, I want to know as his parent, I do want to know what happened. And if it ends up being that the only witness was involved in what happened, mm-hmm. and that ends yeah. up being his father, then so be it. But I also want to know the processes. I, I've got right. to know, was he, was he alive under that truck? Mm. Uh, I need to know the processes, but um, I also want to say that um, I established a foundation for Grant and that foundation will be used later for good to keep it. He was, he loved everyone. So it's a love like Grant foundation, but then I set up a um, DBA on it called Grant's army and um, everything, the GoFundMe, it goes straight into Grant's army. It doesn't come to me. It goes straight there. And then that way it can be 
completely like from there sent straight to the attorney. Good. Um, so I have it in not just that, but in protected funds to go straight there. And also uh, it's a 5013C. So people can actually oh, okay. grant to Army if they don't want to go through Venmo and things like that. They can actually do a larger donation. If, that if someone is very cool. Interested. Um, okay. and I did want to tell you how I found out was my head was spinning. Nothing made sense. And on Wednesday night, all of the band of brothers, all of his friends were staying at my friend Melanie's house and people were bringing mattresses. They're sleeping on the floor. They kept them all together, fed yeah. and together. And the boys went out to the scene uh, the next day on Tuesday and they took metal detectors and they took um, measuring tape. Um, so his friends high- were suspicious from the start. Immediately. Okay. And, and on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. so Aaron had me running from place to place to place to place to place, which was to keep me busy that week. Right. So yeah. on Wednesday night, right here where I'm sitting and I was standing here, my phone rings. I wasn't even answering my phone that week. And it was a number I didn't recognize. But you know what? I answered it. And it mm-hmm. was the boys from a payphone at the yeah. guest up the street. Wow. And they wow. said, Miss Angie, we need to tell you something. Mr. Aaron did it. And I said, oh, I missed it. And then I, my, my best friends, two best friends were in my kitchen. Oh, I called them in my bedroom. I said, hold on. Is there something I'm missing and you're not telling me? And they're like, well, nothing's adding up, Angie. And everybody, everybody believes Aaron killed Grant. And I said, why do you tell me? Well, you're just, I said, no, I, of course he did. I mean, then, it then, made, mm, then I asked one more, I, then the, yeah. Then the cementing person would be Gracie. So I said, Gracie was out with her best friend. I said, Gracie, come in here. She came in she sat over here beside me. And I said, I want to ask you two tough questions. Just give me your, just what you thought initially. She said, I said, so when I called and told you Grant had been in an accident and you needed to come to the hospital, what was the first thing you thought? She said, dad did it. And I said, and then when we were at the hospital and I told you Grant didn't make it, what did you think? And she said, dad did it. Mm. And so at that point, uh, that night, all the boys, they would come over every night, but that night we didn't have any additional adults. And I just sat and listened to them and their theories and their ideals. And they were already talking about the things we've just talked about. And I, uh, we didn't have, we didn't have a medical report. We didn't have anything to look at. Um, and I want you to be careful though, like in, in saying that too much only because they're going to throw it back at you and say, you believe the theories of a, a couple kids. I would just, Right. Just plain well, devil's it, advocate. I would probably that was how it happened. The kids called, right? right yeah, and that's yeah. What, that's what triggered me to go. Oh, and then because I asked now my, you have actual facts and substantial evidence to back a lot of this up. And is, then on, all, and yeah. I, then I said, okay, Grant. Uh, Thursday came. I said, I'm going to give you the serve. I'm. It was my job to plan everything. I I didn't want Steve Berger to speak, but that was an Aaron thing. Mm-hmm. But I planned everything. I said I'm going to devote myself to planning the service that you deserve. And then as he was going down, I actually said aloud, you're coming back up. And I, I took a, my first sleeping pill on Saturday night because I hadn't taken any. I don't blame you. That's with me. I slept all day Sunday. And then on Monday morning, I was up and, um, at Aaron's house videoing and asking if I could video it as he explained. Right. And I was working for Grant and I hadn't, haven't stopped since. I'm really in awe of you. You're, I mean, you really are, you're really incredible. Um, I'm so glad like we I spoke. Done better. 
to protect him. But no. And are you kidding me? Listen, listen. It's very clear to me. This was well out of out of your scope. It was well out of anyone's scope. This man and part of the reason, and you're telling me more and more, this man is a danger to society, um, or or so it seems, based on you know some of the the things that I've heard. So I can't, you know, I can't make these accusations directly and and whatever, but it seems like this it's dangerous and um and you're doing the right thing for yourself, your family, and for for others. So um this will definitely be the the first of many that we cover with with what's going on. Absolutely. I'm putting this out today. So um I'm gonna stop recording. Well that was Angie's story and yeah you can probably pick your jaw up from off the floor. We're also going to have Gracie's story at some point where where she tells it in her own words and that will also completely break your heart. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Corruption podcast. We'll have another episode for you soon and it will be sure to blow your mind with new information. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.